This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station, 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shervanian. The opening kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. And for the first time in many a day, the voice is correct. That's right. He's back, ladies and gentlemen. I'm Mark Heim. The distinguished gentleman to my right, for those without radio vision, is the one, the only, the Hall of Famer. Lee Shervanian. Thank you very much. I appreciate that. The Voice? Isn't that a TV show? What? The Voice. Yes. I never watched it. It's a singing competition. You want to give it a you want to give it a go? I want to hear your USA chant because they needed a lot more than that this morning. And yeah, I well, you know what it is. It's just poor scheduling. Don't be don't be playing in the middle of the night. Ridiculous. Well, that's actually, what time is it over New Zealand? Uh, I was I watching know. that at three uh, thirty this morning, and they were already into the second half. By the way, for those who don't know yet, USA and Portugal tied zero zero. Mm. Uh, what it means is the USA gets to the knockout round of 16, but by the skin of their teeth, because Portugal, which had never defeated the USA women, put a show on. They made a couple of shots there that glanced off the pole or something like that. And there's been a lot of criticism of this team now, the team that everybody thought, well, it's a cakewalk. You're going to win your third straight national title. It hasn't been easy. Netherlands finished first in Group E. They beat Vietnam 7-0. <laughs> USA comes in second. And as a result of not being first, they're going to have to face what they consider a team that's been the nemesis, Sweden. Sweden. Hey, I heard a stat, uh, I think on the way in, that, I'm going to get this wrong, only like one team has ever won the World Cup and not won their area, division, conference, right. whatever they're calling you know it, group. I don't. Is it going to be our – don't just take your Chick-fil-A? Oh, uh, no, no Chick-fil-A's oh, today. Okay. I right. decided we're not doing any today. Ooh, uh, I grumpy believe, on his first day back. I believe it's Canada. Ooh. Canada was knocked out. That, that's that been one of the upsets along the way that uh, – because I, I don't remember what happened a few years ago, but I know they – what were they in the championship round? Or You're something asking like that? me about women's yeah, soccer from yeah. four years ago. See, all right. Here, here's what I'm hearing now after the zero-zero tie. Uninspiring, uh, playing as individuals. Uh, Carly Lloyd, very critical. I'm, I'm not a. I haven't followed soccer that much that I know enough whether to counter that or not. I only saw about five minutes this morning, so that's not nearly enough. We do have the University of Mobile soccer coach coming on later, Mark. Maybe he can add to it but it's quite obvious that things aren't going as well uh commentators were saying they expected a much bigger route of vietnam maybe the netherlands you know a draw fine but certainly not a draw with portugal well how come how come survive in advance only only um only only relates to certain instances you know, a lot of people are like surviving advance, surviving advance. Well, they survived in advance. And I didn't watch it. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I'm you know, I, I mess around and yeah, USA, whatever. I was not about to uh, sit there and watch it, get up early or stay up late or whatever your your sleeping tendencies are. But how come is it when you get to like the NCAA tournament, it's just 
survive in vans? How come it's never, man, they're not playing as a team. It's really uninspired, and they got to do better. That's what Carly Lloyd said, the, the, the great women's player. She said it was uninspiring. They're pl not playing as a team. They're playing as individuals. They're not playing to win. They're playing not to lose. That's mm. a really – that's a criticism, not playing to win, <laughs> playing not to lose to Portugal. Yeah, well – So, again, I don't know enough about the technique and, and the coach or anything like that, but uh, – and I, and I listened on the way in to the syndicated show, and, and the guy was trying to give some play-by-play, -play and it sounded like Portugal was taking it to the U.S., but as it turned out, 0-0. Zero, zero. Mm -hmm. And then his comment was, I feel sorry for the people who got up early in the morning to watch 90 minutes and not see a goal. Nah, you see, I don't buy that because, uh, I mean, isn't there you, you always run that risk when you— when, when you watch soccer, I mean, when was the last time you've seen a, a zero? I mean, generally, more times than not, the odds are, are pretty good that you're going to score points in football. Yeah. Uh, in basketball, even in baseball. There's probably a better chance of scoring a run in baseball than scoring a gun. What would a, a zero, goal in zero, soccer? Zero, zero tie in soccer equate to as far as frustration? How about a 3 nothing NFL game? Yeah. And when was the last like, time we've seen one of those? I can't even recall. It's I, been a while. Or maybe uh, there's been a few crappy games like, you know, a team scored like, what, 6 nothing or 6-3 or something like that. But, you know, getting back to the soccer, I believe the next match is Sweden. And I think that's Sweden Sunday morning. Or see, here's where I get confused. Does it become Monday morning? And it's going to be like 4 a.m. Oh so I'll, I'll call you to on. get I'll call you to make sure you're up watching it on a Sunday. I'm not sure if it said Sunday morning. So that would be what after your late night Saturday? Yes. As you're getting in? Yes. All right. Uh, the uh, local story, of course, Sterling Dixon and Mark found out just a few minutes ago he is going to join us at 6:30 this morning. He's at Spanish Fourth. They started practice. Reason they started this week is because they did not have spring. Yeah. Spring football, so they get a week early, and we got a lot of local people coming on today, and Sterling will be among them at 6:30. Uh, telling us about Spanish Fort and why he decided to go there. Yeah, so looking forward to that. And again, when when this happened, we we had questions, right? Not not only not only one the timing, which I'm sure we'll get into Sterling about uh, about, but also the idea that he wanted to play bigger schools. My whole point when this story came out was, well, in about a year, you're going to be playing uh, with one of the biggest schools in the country in Alabama, so. It just seemed really irrelevant at that point. But we've always been fans of Sterling Dixon, so we're really excited to have him on and see if we can get some clarification on those issues. Meanwhile, yesterday, Baldwin County had media days for football. Pigskin Pete was there. He's going to join us shortly to talk about what happened there. And I think we have some comments, thanks to AL.com, from Perry Thompson, the Foley wide receiver who was front and center yesterday yeah. and explained his decision to decommit from Alabama and go to Auburn. Yeah, so it was a big topic of conversation yesterday and over the weekend, and uh, it was very convenient that he would be at Media Days, so all the media entities could ask the uh, the obvious follow-ups. All right, so Mark, this is in your uh, more uh, something closer to home. Is it or Newman at your alma mater, right? 
No. I, I went there. I always get that confused. Well, me Sorry. and Peyton were like this back in elementary school, so I could see where that. But, yes, I'm familiar with Isidore. I, I went there for two years back in the day. Oh, so you transferred. Yeah. I, You're I, a portal early? As a first grader, I felt like uh, my needs <laughs> were not being met, so I jumped in the portal. My brother and I did, and um, and we found home a home elsewhere. But uh, Which school did you wind up at? I, I was at a small school in Metairie. Okay, I didn't uh, know until about seventh or eighth grade, seventh grade, and then I went to Jesuit. All right, grade. but so you didn't transfer out of high school. This no, was grammar no, school. no. This was uh, see, I had to transfer not only in grammar school but also in high school, and I hated it. All right, the story is that there's a, a verbal commitment from a tight end at Isidore Newman High, which is the same school that produced Arch Manning, who's right. now on Texas. And over the weekend, an Arch Manning trading card set the record at an auction. Panini card, mm-hmm. $102,000, $102,500. It beat Luka Doncic's card of 100000 already. The guy hadn't even taken a snap yet, and he had the highest out of the Panini collection. Yeah. Uh, I have no answer for that. I don't know. Did did Archie just do the grandfather it, thing and, and buy it? Like it was a Cooper? Cooper so it, it's it. like when you, you roll into the elementary school and – they're doing a fundraiser, so they're selling your kids art. So you you pay ten times what what it's or a thousand times what it's worth. I don't know. What's that got to do with the tight end? Didn't oh, he's sp- going to South Alabama. He oh, committed. okay. All right. Yeah, yeah we, we three three verbals yesterday. One was from the Newman tight end. Okay. Yeah, we started. I, I thought I thought we mixed a couple of stories there, but yes, uh, I don't understand why anybody would pay that much for anybody's trading card, much less. I mean, I love the Arch Manning story. Don't get me wrong, but I, there's nothing there that, to me, yet that warrants the idea of of a hundred grand on a trading card. Uh, as far as South Alabama, they, yeah, they've been on a little bit of a rampage here recently. Good for them. So you miss uh, three days and these twisting stories around. I really did. To, uh, yes, from in A fact, to B to B I, to C. I was telling Nick in there. You know, I can't wait for Lee to get back. NBA story, Nick. <laughs> NBA story. Uh, Mark Jackson let go by ESPN. So, obviously, he will not be on the finals. They're going to put Doc Rivers on the coverage. Well, Doris Burke for NBA finals. And then Rivers will be, obviously, an analyst for NBA games on ESPN, as is Doris Burke. So, kind of a major switch there. With all the layoffs, this is the latest. Mark Jackson, 15 years, two years left on his contract. See ya. Yeah, it needed to happen. Why? Not a big Mark Jackson fan. Never came off that insightful to me. But I did always like Jeff Van Gundy. May let him go too. I know. He was he's kinda like the I always thought Van Gundy was kind of the old crotchety guy. You know, like Can we just call Walken, please? Just one time. You know what right. I mean? Like He's always that guy. I agree with you. He was, and it, it was yeah. a little. Re- I'm not. I'm not mad at it. I thought it was kind of refreshing because he kind of. He was kind of every man, right? He was. He played the every man role. Can we do something about these intentionals? Or you know when they just roll the ball up so the shot clock wouldn't start, like that was a big thing for him. No, I I I, I thought it. I think what made him so relatable was, was that he was kind of like every guy, but like he coached like. So I think people kind of well, and they had the perfect meme format for whenever Jeff, uh, Mark, and Mike Breen would be on the call. So here's an example of some because we'll never see him again. Jeff Van Gundy. I'm not sure when it became unfashionable for coaches to wear turtlenecks. 
that they project authority to me, Mark Jackson. The New Jersey Devil is not a myth. It's not a legend. I've seen it twice with my own eyes. Mike Breen. Jeff Teague inbounds the basketball. <laughs> <laughs> so there's going to be no more of that. No more of that crazy stuff. Here's another one. Mark Jackson. It was both, I think. There was an ALF puppet and somebody in an ALF costume. Jeff Van Gundy. In 1968, our neighborhood was terrorized by the Seaside Strangler. They never caught him. He's still at large. He could be anywhere. Mike Breen. And another three for Curry. There you go. All right. So we got, a, that. we got a lot going on here today, clearly. So here's what's happening. Scoreboard traffic and weather next. Pigskin Pete's going to join us. Sterling Dixon back-to-back here on some high school sports. Baldwin County uh, High School Media Days is done. We are now moving to Mobile County Football Media Days this week. Uh, so hang with us. Uh, they're going to join us next. Travis Ryer in hour number two. Justin Ferguson on Auburn at, in, at 8 o'clock and Terry Curtis at 8.30. So hit us up in the app, WNSP.com. Off and running. The gang's all back. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP. My name is Robert Brazil. I'm from the class of 2018 Pro Football Hall of Fame. You're listening to WNSP. Studios of WNSP. Thanks for making us part of your morning. Pigskin Pete joins us now. Now, yeah. almost, almost now. All right, he uh, covered uh, Baldwin County Media Days and Mark. Our first uh, high school football game this season will be Fairhope at Spanish Fort. Let's check in with Pigskin. Good morning, sir. How are you today? Good morning, Lee. Doing great. It's August. Football season. How are you? Wonderful. Fairhope Spanish Forts, our first game on WNSP. It's a Thursday night game. What came out of yesterday's press conference about these two schools? Yeah, both of those two schools, Lee, if you look at, you know, opening up a season, they've done that in a few years in a row now. And it's, uh, I mean, two programs has played great games. I expect no different, uh, especially with the attention it's getting. Uh, of course, I know that the big news yesterday is you kind of heard the rumor floating about we knew Sterling Dixon had two or three schools or choices that were in the air. Um, really didn't come toward the end of the media days. We found out where he's transferring from Mobile Christian to Spanish Fork. So that, you know, that, that's, that's a big hot, hot topic of the day. And Kim Carter's got a good team down at Fairhope. And, uh, <laughs> I mean, you know, I just, I'm not surprised anything with high school. Um, you know, I, I, when you started hearing about this NIL in college, um, and, you know, it's not really hit high school across the country that bad, but, you know, I, I think what it's causing in some ways, Lee, is I, I'm, I'm a fan that likes a player to stick with a school, but you kind of have to understand on both sides of the spectrum and, I mean, a player like Sterling Dixon, uh, when he gets to – as good as he is when he gets to college, I mean, there's going to be possible NIL, NIL money there. And 
you know, maybe as a as a family, they think, you know, we're going to be promoted more Spanish sports. So I'll never criticize a player for changing schools. But in some ways, in the, in the back of my mind, this NIL that's reached college, the, the more popular you are, the possibility you may end up, if he you know, sticks with his commitment to Alabama, that's going to be more for Sterling Dixon by playing in a school like Spanish Fort, possibly. So, um, you know, I would rather see players stick with a school. That's just the old tradition of high school football, but it's this choice, I guess, a family like Sterling Dixon had to make. Talk about Perry Thompson, the Foley wide receiver, and his talk to you guys yesterday. Yeah, that was a buzz starting the day with uh, his changeover. It's just a rare to see a 5A player or a five-star player like that convert, especially rival school like Alabama converting to Auburn. And, um, you know, he just felt like that was his home. Uh, and he, he mentioned several times about Hugh Freeze specializes in uh, the wide receiving aspect more so. I think he even mentioned, you know, of course, Nick Saban. He uh, really honored his time of being Alabama commitment and had a lot of good things to say about Alabama, but just felt like that Freeze and Auburn was his home. And, you know, I've, I've heard many times that he was not even, you know, back when Brian Harsons was at Auburn. I mean, he, he wouldn't have been contacted by Auburn. But Freeze is definitely making a lot of noise. He's out on the road a lot. He's, he's doing a great job recruiting, as we, we hear in the news in the last two or three days of what happened at, at the Big Cat weekend in Auburn. But, um, you know, Derek Scott at Foley has got maybe one of the top players. We know Julio Jones came from Foley, and, um, you know, he's just he's just done great things at Foley since he's been there. And uh, Perry Thompson was uh, very good on the podium, handled it well. And, you know, two years before Derek Scott got at Foley Lee, they were 3-17. and 17. They were just struggling as a program, and, just missed the playoffs back in 21 and last year they got into postseason and this year I think they're going to be in 7A Region 1, one of the, one of the top teams. You know, they lose their, they've got a really good quarterback down there. Reese Times that played well last year. He graduated. So it'll be interesting to see the sophomore quarterback, Nelson Thompson, come in. Got a great player like Perry Thompson, how they're going to perform, but um, they got a good running back coming back, Coach and Nero. So uh, Foley and Derek Scott's team, especially with a player like Perry Thompson, special year. It's not going to be surprising me at all to see him advance forward in the first round of postseason. All right, we're nearly out of time. Uh, quickly, when do you return to WNSP with the prep spotlight and with the uh, Pigskin Pete scoreboard? Yep, we come back this Thursday. Lee, our first uh, show of the Press Spotlight, Brian Gennaro and I will be back this Thursday and first game for the season a week later than it normally is. The high school season starts August 24th. We'll be there on the 25th on that Friday night, and our crew will be back, Scott Todd, Bina Brown, and um, Michael Bronner was a big part of yesterday interviewing, so we got our preview show coming up in a couple of weeks, so we'll be up, ready to go. Thank you, Pigskin. Have a great day. I'll talk to you later. Okay, thank you, Lee. Mark, I hope we have a chance to revisit Perry Thompson. Look, I don't have a problem. I, you know, he, he can go wherever he wants to go. I, I never would uh, question that. But a comment he made was that, well, Nick Saban specializes in defensive backs and Hugh Freeze specializes in wide receivers. And I was thinking, Alabama's turned out a lot of really good receivers that are in the NFL. I mean, it, as far as uh, receivers, you, you can't overlook the fact that they've had a ton of them. 
Sterling Dixon is next. Stay with us on WNSP. The big preview. It's August 1st, and so all full steam ahead to, to football, man. Love it. And uh, I believe Mobile County, we had Baldwin County uh, media days yesterday. I believe uh, Mobile Baldwin, um, Mobile Baldwin, Mobile County uh, media days are tomorrow and Thursday. Uh, so uh, plenty of local football news coming your way this week. We will have it covered. We'll have it covered uh, with one of the uh, piglets. I'm not sure which one yet, Mark. I'm working on it. Also, from the football standpoint, you've got uh, Auburn and Alabama opening practice Thursday. You mentioned the prep spotlights Thursday night. South Alabama begins practice, I think, next week. And, of course, NFL camps are in full swing. All right, let's get to the uh, major story uh, locally. Sterling Dixon, who's been a frequent guest of ours and, who knows, someday may be a co-host of the morning show. I mean, he's been that active with us, and we certainly enjoy his company. And I'm glad he's staying around, so we'll get to talk to him again. Sterling, good morning. How are you today? Good morning. I'm blessed. I can't complain. I appreciate you guys for having me. Hey, we always enjoy talking to you. All right, set the record straight. There are all kind of rumors, all kind of innuendos about you leaving Mobile Christian. You are at Spanish Fort now. What entered into this decision? Why did you decide to leave your senior year and go to Spanish Fort? Um, honestly, it was, it was basically like a family decision. Um, my whole family really wanted to go there. My sisters, they were homeschooled before, but they wanted to go to a school like Spanish Fort. So for me, uh, I was all about the family move. I was like, man, let's, let's do it. And for me, I wanted to play a bigger brand of football, so it just helped everybody out. And I'm, I'm just ready to get there and prove myself. I, want, there. I wanted to ask you, uh, here you were the 3A lineman of the year last year. Uh, ever since you've been a freshman, you've been highly recruited. I want how difficult was it leaving, especially after what three years playing with most of those players, and now uh, leaving after your junior year? What, what entered into that? Was it a difficult decision for you? It was definitely difficult. Uh, it was something that I had to pray about because I was honestly, I honestly didn't know. Me and my family didn't know because um, Contra had just been so good to me. Um, I really appreciate him and Mobile Christian because that school was great to me, um, and it was it was definitely hard leaving. It was just, for me, I just wanted to do what was best for me and my family. And I basically told Coach Contra, and he did nothing but supported me. So, for me, I'm still thankful. And I'll still uh, visit Mobile Christian and, and root them on for the season. Sterling, Mark, hi, man. Thanks for coming aboard, and congratulations. Uh, I know everybody's really excited for you. Can you can you talk a little bit about the timing of that decision, though? I think it uh, from, the, from, from the cheap seats like ours, it seemed like, uh, it was a lot really late in that process. How long had you been thinking about it, and, and why uh, was it not until July that we decided to make that move? Um, honestly, it just like we, we had to uh, get out and, and try to move. That was really just the biggest thing. And once we got that, we, we knew we were going to leave. And um, after that, I kind of talked to uh, the players at Mobile Christian and the coaches, and I kind of just let them know. But for me, uh, I feel like it was all God's time. Uh, I still got like two to three weeks to learn the playbook. So, I mean, it's, it's going to be an adjustment period, but I'm, I'm definitely getting acclimated. I can already see the difference um, just being there um, yesterday and practicing for the first time. Yeah, yeah, they opened up practice yesterday. Did you take part in practice, or were you a sideline spectator? Um, I took part in practice. 
Let me ask you this, Sterling. I'm being I'm being facetious. Good chance you may make the starting lineup. <laughs> most definitely, most definitely. <laughs> I just just wanted to be sure because they have a. I understand they have a very good defense coming back this year. They definitely do. Sterling Dixon's our guest here on uh, WNSP. What what's your ultimate goal this year? You you talked about uh, you know wanting to play a, a bigger school or, or a bigger brand of ball at a bigger school. Uh, my my point when we heard the news that you were looking to transfer is about a year from now you're going to be playing one of the uh, you're going to be playing for one of the bigger programs in the country at, at, at Alabama. Um, why? What is it that that I guess attracted you to the idea of playing bigger ball, knowing that you're going to go to the biggest stage in the country in a year? Um, for me, I just want to enjoy high school. Uh, I want to play at the biggest stage in high school because like that game's always packed out. Like uh, Ditto versus Carolina last year. Um, it, it, it is a pretty exciting atmosphere to be around there. For yeah. me, it's, it's going to be like a warm-up before college. Um, they run everything like a college system. Coach Smith does a great job with the players and basically teaching them how to learn a playbook, teaching them how to uh, wake up in the morning and handle business, basically everything. They're just, just like a college, and that's what I want to be a part of. Okay. I feel like I'll, uh, I, I feel like I have a head start on other people that came from like small schools. So after being kind of like the big man on campus at Mobile Christian for all those years, what was it like going on the field yesterday? Do you know many of the players there? Have, have you had contact with them in the past? Oh, definitely. Um, I, I knew Cole, but uh, I really, I really didn't have contact with them like that. Um, for me, it was, it was just, it was the same. I just went out there with a mission, a goal, and I honestly attacked it the same way. And those guys accepted me and treated me like I was one of their own. So I really appreciate those guys. I appreciate the coaches for allowing me to come over there. And I'm just ready to work. That's, that's really just been the biggest thing. So will you basically be in the same position on defense as you were in Mobile Christian, being edge rusher? Is the is that is that pretty much the game plan? Have they talked to you about that? What what role you have out there? Um, it's, it's basically like Mobile Christian. I play middle linebacker, Mobile Christian, outside linebacker, and then I play edge. So I'll be all three. Um, they do a lot of blitzing, and I feel like I'll just be put in a great position over there. Talking with Sterling Dixon. Uh, yesterday, the decision was made. Hey, I know when I talk, you remember we talked off the air, and I asked you some of the schools you were considered. Do you actually give any consideration to leaving the area? You had mentioned IMG or anything like that, or was that, you know, way back on the back burner? Um, it was definitely still on the table. Uh, I thought I thought I was going to wind up going to IMG actually because it was getting so late in the game. Um, and I was just going to have to move houses. That was that was going to be the biggest thing. But I wound up just sticking it out with Spanish for. And just going there, and I'm glad I made that decision because those guys are, are truly helping me. I was told that once you made the decision to leave Mobile Christian, that a lot of coaches would be kind of getting in touch with you. Was that the case? Were you getting a lot of, uh, let's say, attention from other high schools? Um, not, not, not really. Uh, it, it just kind of died down. You know, it's, it's always going to be rumors out there and stuff that goes on. But for me, it was, it was always just business, man. I'm, I'm looking for just getting better and that's the reason I live I just wanted to better myself as a player and um, continue to just grow as a player Hey Sterling I'm curious I know um, social media sometimes can be uh, a cesspool uh, um, was was the feedback you were getting overly positive or overly negative for your decision uh, negative positive uh, all that but you really can't pay attention to it um, you just gotta kind of keep your head down continue to work and let everybody else do the talking that's, that was really just the biggest thing for me just trying not to respond, uh, 
I'll read it, but uh, I just never give a reaction. I just laugh. I'm like, oh, okay. <laughs> that, was, that was just the biggest thing. Sterling uh, Dixon joining us, and of course, it's been a while now since you committed to Alabama, and we often talk about coaches when you they get a commitment, they keep recruiting just in case. Do you still hear constantly from Alabama? Um, I definitely still hear uh, constantly from Alabama. They just called me yesterday. They try to keep in touch almost every day, so for me, uh, it's still a positive thing, um, and I'm, I'm just ready to go there and get on the field. Did, in those conversations, did you guys talk about with Alabama coaches the idea of transferring, and were they did did they did they support that decision, or were they indifferent to it? Um, we we definitely talked about it. Uh, I let Kevin Still and Nick Saban know um, for pretty much a week before I was going to do it, but uh, they was on support of me. Uh, they just like man, just finish your senior year strong, and um, from there we would be here, and we just get on campus and get to work. That's going to be the biggest thing. So, well, you yeah. know. I'm sorry, Sterling. Well, you know we'll be out there for a game day. Uh, it's going to be early, I think, when we go out there. So I'm hoping uh, I'll talk to Chase about this, getting you in the Air Sports One with us. I mean, you're like a pro. So uh, we want to keep you on the show and uh, wish you the best. And so you're actually suiting up now. Yeah, I know they started practice. So you're out on the field uh, banging heads with some of your teammates? Most definitely. All right. What, 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 number, what, what jersey number are we wearing this year? Um, I switched my number to 10. Uh, I feel like that, that's a great number. Um, it's kind of a linebacker's number, Ruben Foster War. Uh, it, 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 it's, a, it's a number I love, so I just I can't wait to get on the field and just get out there to play with those guys. Is there a chance you may play some offense like you did at Mobile Christian? Is that a possibility? Um, nah. Uh, it, we got a lot. We got the starting 11 offense is uh, pretty good. They got a great tight end, a great old line, um, and they're returning like four running backs, so. Uh, they're they're going to be good this year. Hey, congratulations on all the uh, success. Best of luck, uh, of course, at Spanish Fort. We'll be in touch, and we always appreciate you having time for us here on the opening kickoff. Most definitely. I appreciate y'all. Thanks for having me. All right, man. Have a great week. That's, uh, that's Sterling Dixon, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, Spanish Forts, Sterling Dixon, number 10, I might add. How about that? First game on WNSP. Many, many games this year that will be broadcast. Fairhope at Spanish Fort. We will also carry the Saraland at Spanish Fort game this year, and I haven't looked down the whole schedule, but uh, we will have a game day out at Spanish Fort. Certainly looking forward to uh, revisiting with uh, Sterling Dixon. He's always been very good with his time here at WNSP. All right, you guys can jump in, 694-1055. We're going to catch up with David Green uh, in a little bit. Travis Ryer will kick off hour number seven. Uh, hour number seven. Wow, talk about a marathon. Will join us in hour number two at seven. Um, and, of course, uh, we'll talk some Auburn at 8 o'clock with Justin Ferguson. And we're hoping to catch up with Terry Curtis, too, uh, UMS right at 8.30. So you guys wake up. It's a little different out there today. I mean, I know it's still 120 in the shade and all that, but it's August 1st. We're turning the page. Football is among is here. It's here. We're, uh, we're getting down and dirty with the, with the local stories. And uh, we'll continue all week with the high school uh, media days continuing in a couple days. You know, Mark, I I mentioned earlier in the scoreboard about this being, for me, I, I always follow the Major League Baseball trading deadline. But there's another story that could really unhinge. The commissioner of the Pac-12 is supposed to release media details. You know, that's been a big hang-up with the Pac-12. You know, uh, what kind of a media deal are they going to get? We already saw where Colorado is leaving. And this could 
if it doesn't meet to the approval of some of the other teams, this could precipitate another move or two of other programs and pretty well bring the Pac-12 down to its knees. So I don't know if it's supposed to come out today or tomorrow, but with anticipation, this could be, I would say, quite a thorn in the side of uh, the Pac-12 if it is not met with the, let's say, uh, approval of some of the other uh, schools that are still remaining in the Pac-12. you got to believe that the schools already know what he's going to say, right? I don't know. I, I have no idea because you would it's been hope under, so. everything's been under wraps about, and, and it's been a long process trying to work out a media deal, TV contract, and you know this guy was brought in because of his, let's say, access to media, and I think he had been involved in that. But so far, nothing has come out, and you know as this this Pac-12 decides to disintegrate. Now there are other schools out there they could go and get, but it would really water down the conference if you're going to bring in an SMU or some of the other schools that have been mentioned. But if this does not, and and what I, when I was saying about reading stories that are out there that if this contract is not conducive to schools making a lot of money, you might see Arizona decide to switch. And if Arizona switches, what happens to Arizona State? And all of a sudden, you're left with maybe six or seven schools in the Pac-12. All right, uh, here we are, 645. We're going to wrap up our number one here on a uh, Tuesday edition. It's Tuesday, right? Yeah, it's Tuesday. Lita, Lita I'm asking uh, the wrong guy. That know. guy's been off forever. Four-day weeks, I love it. All right, you're kind of like that guy. There was a uh, there was a guy I used to work with who had so much vacation. So instead of taking a vacation, he would just take a vacation day a week for you know, like Mark, thirty for like thirty that. weeks. I have actually thought about that. I've given that a lot of consideration. And this vacation I was supposed to take in August is kind of melted down. So maybe I'll do that. Take one day off a week. Just take one day off a yeah. week. All right, if you can do it, it's good stuff. All right, the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station. Stay with us. Hey, this is Jimmy Ripple from Gator Boys, and you're listening to WNSP on 105.5. All right, 650, wrapping up. Hour number one here on a busy Tuesday edition. Mark Lee, Triple G, all in the studios of WNSP. All right, it's time now for our uh, law firm uh, investment with uh, David Green and the Green and Phillips Injury Law Firm to get some answers to some uh, questions. David, welcome to the show this morning. Good morning. Good morning, fellas. How are you all today? Wonderful. It's great to have you back with us. Um, Well, obviously, school's back. Uh, that, that's uh, something we ought to address right now. Uh, as far as driving safely around school zones, what do you need to, what do we need to tell our drivers out there? Well, you know, I think we just need to pay attention to where we are. That's one of the main things you can do at driving uh, anytime, but especially right now, you've got a lot of children that are getting off the bus. They're uh, walking uh, down the sidewalks, uh, going across crosswalks, entering the school. Uh, and so, Jenny, any time that you're around a school zone, you really need to make sure that you're following the rules, following the speed limit, paying attention to your surroundings. And you know, many times you'll have a child that steps out in front of you, um, and we just don't want anyone to be hurt, uh, especially our precious children. Indeed. So I had an issue I wanted to ask you about from a lawyer's perspective. Driving in the fast lane, 
And I usually leave about two or three car lanes behind because I don't want to be right on the bumper of the car in front of me. So, so many times on a recent trip I took, there'd be a vehicle in the passenger lane, passenger lane that would cut in front of me and see that little tiny opening. And then as soon as they got in there in front of me, they break because they're right on top of the car in front of them. So I wondered um, if, if, you're, if I'm not paying attention, you know, if I lose a second or two or I'm doing something else. And this car in front of me, which just cut, it, cut in front of me to get in the fast lane, breaks. And I don't break in time. Who's at fault if there's an accident? Well, you know, it's uh, most of the time. If you hit someone from behind, then uh, you know it can be determined that you are you're at fault. Uh, but you know that really de- it depends. Uh, I hate to say it like that, but uh, really depends on more of the details. But uh, you know, it very well could be your fault if you rear in someone, and so you really don't want to what, let that happen. You want to make sure that you're really keeping a lot of distance in between uh, the vehicles. Uh, depending on you know, if you're in the fast lane, you really need to have. Uh, you know, I think the numbers are, you know, 10 feet per, uh, per per 10 miles an hour. So basically, if you're talking about if it's, you know, if you're 70 miles an hour, maybe, you know, you should have, uh, you know, 70 feet in between. So you really need to um, make sure you have plenty of room in between you. I know you can't always predict someone. I know we were traveling recently. I saw the same thing happen. And so once again, it goes back to the initial thing we talked about, really paying attention to what's going on. You know, staying off your phone. I know you weren't on your phone, but uh, staying off your phone and just paying attention to the roadway 100%, not playing with a radio, uh, not really talking to folks that are in the car. Uh, I mean, certainly talking to them is probably okay, but looking over at them, but really paying attention to that roadway because things can happen so quickly when you're on the roadway. So, David, to, to, to follow up to Lee's scenario, so I'm, I'm driving along. Um, and I'm, you know, he jumps in front of me, even though I got plenty of space between me and the next car. He jumps in front of me because, you know, you know, Lee, he's he's very impatient. And he has to get to where he's going. And then for whatever reason, the cars in front of him jam their brakes. He jams his. But because he just jumped in front of me, I don't have the reaction time. And I, I run into the back of him. I can't really prove that he ran in front. He jumped in front of me. So it's going to be my fault. Right. Well, if it's Lee, it probably is his fault. But, uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, yeah, that, that's that's a tough one. That's a tough call, and I know it's really tough for for the courts if you have a you know situation that even gets that far. But um, you know, generally, you know, if you if you rear in someone, uh, you know, it's it's going to be your fault. And I know there's some some different you know opinions on that, and I know that some of my friends on our defense side, great great you know guys and girls that defend these cases. You'd say, you know, that's not really how it is, but uh, it's it's a, that's a tough one. That is a tough call, and uh, just uh, just don't do that again, Lee. Hey, if, if it was my fault, would you still defend me? Would you still take the case? <laughs> don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> we would get you someone very qualified. Oh, there it is. <laughs> so that man just took out his wallet, grabbed a buck, and passed it. Hey, I, I, if the truth be known, on the trip, like five, five and a half. So I actually did try to pick up my phone, and my wife just jumped my case and said, it's against the law in Alabama. So I quickly put it aside and never touched it again. So, hey, David, with the football season starting for you, this is kind of like a first. uh, Sun's out of college. uh, No Saturday football for you. Do you kind of feel lost? I really do. I'll tell you what, I I really do. The first time in many, many years that uh, we don't have a – 
a high school or a college football player. We have a middle school player and uh, have an eighth grader at St. Paul's. But, uh, you know, uh, it's, uh, it's going to be unusual uh, not, not following the Argos uh, or not sitting right there on the, on the side, but I'm sure we'll be watching the Argos, University of West Florida, and all the great players, Will Breland and all the other players that are great friends of ours. And uh, so we're, you know, we've still got a lot of local players that are involved uh, that play for West Florida. And uh, but we'll be watching some other other games. I, I, I may even catch a uh, a Sanford game or two with uh, Jay up there and uh, and Carabath at Troy. I know we're going to get a Troy game or two. We've got uh, Austin Reed who was uh, playing with Jay at uh, University of West University of West Florida, who is the quarterback at Western Kentucky. He'll be there in September, so we'll go go to that game. So it'll be fun to watch some other games. David, as always, we really appreciate it. Uh, to get in touch with you or Will or any of other fine attorneys, ones that would be defending me, then what do we do? <laughs> well, it's very simple. You go to greenphillips.com. Uh, you can call us at 251-300-2000, or you can stop by 51 North Florida Street here in Mo- uh, Midtown Mobile or the Forbes Building in downtown Birmingham. You never need an appointment at Green and Phillips. Thank you, my friend. We'll talk to you soon. God bless, fellas. Take care. Bye. All right, uh, coming up, Travis Ryer at 7 o'clock. We will talk some uh, World uh, Cup women's soccer coach over at uh, Mobile. Uh, Brian Person, he's going to join us at 7.30. Justin Ferguson at 8 o'clock. Terry Curtis, the UMS coach at 8.30. You guys can continue in the app at WNSP.com. If you missed uh, our interview with Sterling Dixon, fear not. You can go online a little bit later this morning uh, and listen to that in its entirety, uh, we'll tell you how. Uh, but great stuff. We asked him all the questions that needed to be asked. He he answered them. Uh, you know, we the, the biggest questions for me were the timing, which was late July. I mean, he was in practice with Mobile Christian. Uh, and, uh, and the idea about playing for a bigger school a year from playing on the biggest stage you could potentially big, uh, play on in, in college football. And uh, one thing we probably did not, but we've mentioned it earlier, I did a couple a week or two ago when we got the story, is can he play immediately? And the fact of the matter is, his, I understand his mother is living over there in Baldwin County, so it's, 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 a, it's not a problem at all for him just to go out there and start suiting up and playing. Yeah, so a um, little, little change in the dynamic there. Uh, and this is just kind of where, where we are uh, in, in athletics. Uh, you know, it, we often talk about whether the NFL or college is kind of imitating the other. Well, it, it now seems high school is very much taking on a very college football feel. You know, um, last week, Terry Curtis was honored with one of the highest awards you can ever get, National Coach of the Year. But the more I thought about it, we're going to have him on later. I want to ask him, I want to go back when I first came down here, when it was not uncommon for football players to move back and forth. I mean, uh, Shaw High School players were leaving. Uh, Baker, it, it was not uncommon for Baker kids to move to Murphy. And I want to get his update on how he feels about players moving then and then today. All right. We talk Alabama next with the one and only Travis Ryer. It's the opening kickoff right here on the sports station, WNSP and WNSP.com.
This is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. kickoff. Here are Mark and Lee. Indeed, here we are. The gang all back together. I don't know if Lee ran out of vacation days or ran out of money or both, but he's back in the saddle after a few days off. It's hour number two. Thanks for making us part of your morning. Can I can I tell you one of my mon- money stories? If you sure. All right. So we're up in the Canton area, and my and I and maybe you know you as a parent can maybe feel the same. I would never let my they're not children, but no matter what, pay. And it, it, to me, it, I was always raised where my parents always took care of me, right? Okay. And I'm sure you do the same thing. You know, you go out to dinner. You don't have Alex pick up the tab, right? It'd be nice change, but no, I do not. All right. <laughs> so <laughs> so uh, this particular night, uh, my sons uh, were going out to dinner uh, and with my son, his girlfriend, and their parents. Let's meet the parents tonight. Oh, okay. All right. So I walk in and to the side, I went to the waitress and I told her, I said, make sure you give me the, the uh, bill. I'm taking care of everything. All I, right. I wanted it plain and clear, yep. not in front of anybody. I right. did it off to the side. Sure. So we're about done. They order dessert. And, <laughs> and you, you tell them, no, give it to the other guy. And so the waitress comes over to me and said, here's the bill, but it's already been taken care of. Ooh. What? He beat you I to was, it. And I'm like, how? Ryan's girlfriend paid for it through her Apple Watch. Oh. I was like beaten by an Apple Watch. Yep. I'm like, how does that happen? Old school, old school zero, technology oh, one. I was really, I didn't like that at all. And I went to her and said, look, at least let me give you some cash. No, no, no. She beat me through an Apple Watch. How do you do that? Anyway. I'll learn. All right. Is Travis ready to I go? I doubt it. Yes, he oh, is. Oh, good, good, good. Travis Fryer from Bama Online. And, of course, you're with who now, Travis? I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. On three, right? On three? On three, exactly. Yep, it came back us. to me. I was totally into that other uh, story I was telling. It's good to have you back with us. How you doing? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. You know, I was talking to Mark about this Uh Perry Thompson, the the wide receiver from Foley, who's still got, I guess he's, what, a junior this year? Um, so he decommits from Al, – or maybe he's a senior. He's going to be a senior. So he decommits from Alabama to Auburn, which is fine. I mean, you know, who, I'm not getting involved in any of that. But then he made the comment that he said, well, you know, Nick Saban specializes in defensive backs. But, you know, with Hugh Freeze, it's all about wide receivers. And I started to think – you look at, have you looked at the NFL rosters lately about receivers from Alabama? Yeah, it's uh, it's an interesting comment, but you know you can understand it too from a perspective of uh, what Hugh's trying to build there at Auburn and the opportunity you got to think early to get in there and really establish yourself from day one as a primary option. Uh, you know, Alabama, I think that could certainly happen for him there too. Uh, but as far as where Nick Saban is at in terms of building, not only uh, as we've seen that program throughout all these years, but that position specifically, um, you know, there's there's a lot of guys uh, in that room. And so, 
you know, you wish him the best and certainly expect big things from him given his, his high school credentials and, you know, how he's evaluated as a recruit. And like I said, it, it, it's fine. Like, you know, the, these football players, they have people coming at them from all directions and they have reasons for going. And I don't, you know, that's fine. You know, Perry Thompson's going to a very fine university. But when I saw that comment, like, it made me think, like, what, Alabama doesn't turn out good wide receivers? <laughs> yeah, I, I think he knows that. You know, I, I think everyone knows that. How could you not? Why Why did you commit to Alabama in the first place, right? I mean, if if it weren't for guys like Jerry Judy, Devontae Smith, uh, Jalen Waddell, uh, you know, those type of players, Jamison Williams, John Mechie, um, I'm sure that had something to do with the, the previous commitment. So, um, you know, I, I think, you know, trying to keep it more about this, this next option and, Look, there's still some time to cover before we even get to signing day, so we'll see. Yeah, and where did Perry come from, Foley? Oh, Julio Jones. Hey, is he still is he still with the team now? Has he signed on? Do you know? You know, I I don't think so. Or I haven't heard of maybe he is. I, I haven't haven't been as much into the, the NFL outside of my Jags. Um but uh not sure about Julio. Did you say your Jags? Yeah, I was born and raised in Jacksonville, Florida, so I didn't really have a choice in that matter with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Feeling a little better about it now these days, though, after the finish the last season and kind of where they're at with Doug Peterson in there as the head coach. Anything was going to be better than Urban in that uh, awful abbreviated appearance uh, from, from Meyer there in Jacksonville. But, yeah, I, I don't really have a choice in it, Lee. Isn't that where Calvin Ridley went to? Isn't he there now? Yep. Yeah, I went out to a training camp practice a couple of days ago, and Calvin's out there. Looks great. Uh, should be rested, right, uh, after the year off. And uh, you put him out there with Evan Ingram and Zay Jones and Christian Kirk, and then you got Etienne in the backfield with uh, Trevor Lawrence. It's uh, There's reason for, for a lot of optimism down there right now. You brought up an interesting point. So you're allowed to go out to practice to watch the NFL team, but you're kind of like constricted <laughs> at Alabama, right? You, do you ever get to go out and watch a full practice at all? Uh, you know, they're going to have a fan day practice coming up Saturday um, that kind of tied into the new collective, which I give, you know, Alabama credit for. You know, you're, you're trying to pump up that, that collective and you tie in the, the fan day and the autograph session to that. And, you know, maybe you get a bump from that perspective. But, you know, I just think the Jacksonville Jaguars probably need season ticket holders a little bit more right now than Alabama. So, uh you know, uh, they're they're incentivized, I think, to, to open things up a little bit more to the fan base than maybe uh, some of the college programs are. Travis, you, you mentioned Urban Meyer, so i got to ask, which uh, Netflix is coming out with their Untold series? It starts today, but later in the month, there are two different ones that I can't wait to see. I'm curious which one you're most looking forward to. The Johnny Football one, which comes out August 8th, or Swamp Kings, with the aforementioned Urban Meyer on August 23rd, you got a you got a horse in that in that race. Oh gosh, that's pretty close. You know, I, I feel like uh, I had a front row seat in some ways to watch both of those kind of yeah. play out. You yeah. know, in this modern era, that's what makes the 30 for 30s I think uh, so great. Uh, we we are told stories and uh, angles that we weren't aware of, like you know SMU in the mid 80s and things like that. What what happened there? Um, but no, I, I'd probably still go Johnny football yeah. because, uh, you know, he's going to make it entertaining. You just, 
um, you know, you wonder from an editorial control perspective with the Florida situation, um, you know, is how unauthorized, I guess, is what I'm saying. Um, some of these are going to be, you, you, you with Johnny, you just think he'll let it all out there. He'll, he'll let it all hang out. You know, I don't, I don't think that's going to be much of an issue for him. And what's crazy is, uh, you know, cause I don't know how much they're going to get into Aaron Hernandez and all that stuff in the Florida one, but man, his brother is having a go at it here in the, uh, in, in, in the headlines these days too. It's crazy. Yeah, it doesn't sound like he's going to make the premiere. I guess um, <laughs> it's it is it's it's uh, it's it's crazy. That, that that's the word to best describe that whole situation. So um, you know, there's certainly plenty of angles to those teams with Urban, and they were great. Yeah. I mean, from a talent perspective, undeniable uh, what he put together, and certainly Tebow uh, was a, a big conduit to all of that. But um, yeah, it should be fascinating. Talking with uh, Travis Ryer on three, Bam Online. So practice begins Thursday. Obviously, the quarterback position, front and center, there'll be all kinds of attention on that. Besides that, give me storylines going into practice. That's the thing. I think that is one of the storylines, that quarterback isn't the only storyline. Um, you know, there have been years uh, at Alabama where certainly that's been – far and away the top storyline and it is the top storyline but uh you know the offensive line the left tackle position how's that going to shake out uh, elijah pritchett caden proctor the true freshman you feel certainly good about cj latham in some form or fashion at the offensive tackle position but you got to answer that question and you know offensively too just the identity um and how that may impact the football team as a whole uh, getting back to more of a committed approach to the run game um, and, and first and foremost trying to establish that physicality, uh, reestablish it, I guess you could say, on the offensive side, you know, how that ties in with a, an offensive line and running back position that you expect to be a strength to this team. And then, you know, defensively, I think for me, right up the middle, I know there are concerns about the one corner opposite Kuwait McKinstry, but you're losing your top three safeties. Uh, you got a veteran in Malachi Moore coming back, an outstanding young player in Kayla Downs expected to be right there in that mix. And uh, Earl Little, the second, another strong young player that you could plug in there at the star position. But inside linebacker is a part of that, too, are the guts of that defense. Deontay Lawson uh, expected to step forward, obviously, but you bring in Trez Marshall from Georgia, Jahat Campbell seems to be on the come at the inside linebacker position. you got some really nice options there with Justin Jefferson also joining that mix from the junior college ranks. So, you know, that's where I would go defensively. Travis Harris, our guest here for another minute or two. So, uh, you know, Nick Saban made the comment, I think, around SEC media days to one of the one-on-one interviews that um, the offense was a little too Bryce Young oriented. I'm, I'm paraphrasing a little bit. And they, as you point out, want to get back to more of a balanced run attack, and they rely too much on Bryce. Looking back at that, would you say that that was an error in judgment or a, 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 a miscalculation on the coaching staff's part for being too Bryce Young oriented? Although it's, it's hard not to be. I get that. But to, to fall into that trap of going so much to Bryce and throwing the ball around so much that you abandon – one of the cornerstones of your offense, which is running the ball? 
Yeah, you know, I, I think last year, though, they were kind of built that way. Um, you know, they didn't really have a hammer at the running back position. They were explosive at, at running back with Jameer Gibbs and yeah. Jason McClellan. But they didn't have, you know, a Najee Harris, Brian Robinson type at that position that even if you wanted to kind of pound away, that wasn't how they were built last year. So I give them a little bit of a pass for a couple reasons. First and foremost, Bryce Young's the best player, best quarterback in, in college football. So yeah. why wouldn't you put the ball in his hands? Um, you know, I think maybe it, maybe if they overestimated a particular area of last year's team, it might have been wide receiver because I don't think that level of play was – what it needed to be given the situation he did have at quarterback. I think Bryce at times was able to elevate those guys, but uh, I don't think it ever just reached that, again, level of standard that you had established over the previous five, six, seven, eight, ten years. So, um, you know, that's that was part of it, too. I guess in some ways you could say it's a cell phone uh, by Saban because ultimately we know uh, he's he's okaying things and uh, as he's told us many many times before it's the Alabama offense it's not Bill O'Brien's offense not Tommy Reese's so uh, I think there's a, a couple of different things you could factor into that but um, I, I, I have a hard time faulting anyone that says you know what we're going to pretty much put the ball in a quarterback like Bryce Young's hands and see where he takes us. Great stuff, man. Before you go, tell everybody, including Lee, where they can go to get all your information on Alabama football. BamaOnline.com on the On3 network these days, so be sure to check us out. Hey, man, thank you. Have a great week. Thanks, guys. Yep. All right, scoreboard traffic and weather coming up. Uh, you guys can jump in at 694-1055. you see Dan Lanning's comments, by the way, about Colorado bolting for the Big 12? We might have to get into that a little bit. I think he was ill-advised on that because they do face Colorado this year, right? So why give them extra, even though they weren't good last year? They got like 51 newcomers on their team. And by the way, they were rated 24-7 number one in transfers as far as the class. And I'm talking about four stars, five stars. Auburn was fourth. LSU was right up there at number two. All right. So you're talking about quality, not quantity, because clearly quality. they so they took both titles in. I, if I was Dan Lanning, I, I wouldn't worry about uh, Colorado leaving because you never know. Oregon could also be leaving. Hmm. September 23rd, Colorado, Oregon. That might be a Pac-12 game actually worth watching this year. All right, stay with us. We'll tell you what those comments were. It's the opening kickoff. Hi, this is Monty Burke, author of Saban, The Making of a Coach. You're listening to WNSP Sports Radio 105.5 FM. to root against the U.S. women's team because of some of their political views? Uh, I don't know. Uh, it's not. In fact, that's kind of the whole point of being an American, right? Is the uh, freedom of speech. The freedom to uh, cheer for or cheer against whoever you want. With that said, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It, it's also... Um, it also that that same ability or freedom or whatever word you want to use uh, is extended to those 
people on that team for uh, having those political views. Any in particular that was brought out in the app lately? Because I haven't heard. No. I haven't really followed. No, it's 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 the same old stuff. I mean, that w- in the first a lot of there were some headlines that ran. Um, I I didn't really buy into it all, but I think there were some cameras on the U.S. women's team in their first uh, game while the national anthem was playing, and not I don't know how many of them, but not all of them had hands over hearts and were singing. They weren't openly defying or taking a knee or anything like that uh but that got a little traction um none of that stuff really bothers me either i cheer for a team i want or i don't uh either i like them or i don't Uh, it's i understand why people have a problem with it for sure uh but that would be my my answer to that well, for the most part, and you brought this out a while back that, you know, when whenever our, our country uh, is fielding a team, whether it's the Olympics or World Cup or things like that, you just root for them. It's just natural. Now, I could understand, let's say, for instance, uh, when they take on Sweden. If we have people here in the United States who are from Sweden or have relatives playing for them, I could understand them rooting for it. I haven't been aware of the political views. Uh, again, the USA, some of the women have come out in the past uh, obviously with political views about so forth uh, more recently about who the former president of the United States was like that became an issue uh, the USA women have been very much involved in trying to get more money I don't consider that a political view I just feel that uh, since they've had success maybe they feel they should get as much money as the the men's team which has not had much success but Carly Lloyd who I've really respected and has certainly been a mainstay of women's soccer. Now she's more a commentator. She's out of the game. But she she came out, and, and this is something we're going to discuss at 730 with Brian Person, University of Mobile women's soccer coach. She feels that the, uh, the, the, the women are, are not playing to win these days. They're just playing not to lose. And then she had some other comments that went further than that, that maybe they're more concerned about off-the-field issues than they are on the field. Ah. That's something that struck a chord with me. Like, where, where is this all going? Because, quite frankly, the women have not been dominating at all. Uh, I remember the first game, Vietnam, uh, listening to uh, syndicated shows say, oh, we're going to get seven or eight goals. You know, we're six and a half goals favored. They only had three. Netherlands, draw. Portugal, no goals at all. Something's not, something's missing. Man, we got to get like Hugh Freeze out there to run the offense or something. Why Hugh Freeze? Maybe Lane Kiffin can start calling plays. This is ridiculous. Defense is 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 stout apparently but offensively we just need to find an offensive guru an innovator somebody get bobby petrino on the phone girl seems like no thank you all right we'll talk some soccer or football when we come back uh justin ferguson at eight o'clock terry curtis at 8 30 a lot going on here lee's back in the house it's the opening kickoff Welcome back in. The opening kickoff continues here on the sports station, WNSP. All right. uh, For one of the very few times, Mark and I have been talking about women's national soccer. I would not classify me as an expert, 
I don't know how you feel, Mark, about being an expert. I don't think you're an expert either, Lee. Uh, how about you, though? <laughs> Would you? <laughs> I believe in the lasso way. I'll just leave it at that. All right. So we call in from the University of Mobile, Brian Person. He's the head women's coach. Brian, welcome to the show. Good morning. How are you today? Hey, good morning. I'm doing very well. A little, uh, little tired from a sleepless night, but that's okay. <laughs> so give me – okay, we'll start out like this because I, I, I'm not going to get into what I've read or heard. I want to get your views first. What did you think about the USA performance against Portugal this morning? Yeah, so, um, yeah, it's kind of hard to, to not let the views of, of the media shine in there, but um, I think I, I kind of felt the same as the majority of people, just a, a little bit disappointed in the actual result um, and maybe maybe even the overall performance of the team throughout the tournament so far. You know, not necessarily from an effort perspective. Um, you know, people are – are out there working hard and trying uh, to get the job done, but um, maybe just not quite as sharp as we're used to seeing them um, executing, uh, keeping the ball a little bit more, um, finishing chances, creating a little bit more as well. So, yeah, maybe just a little bit disappointed from what we're used to seeing from the women's national team. So Carly Lloyd, who obviously was a mainstay of those championship teams as the U.S. looking to three-peat, she's not on the team now. She retired, but she said, the U.S. is playing not to lose versus playing to win. Do you buy into that? Um, yeah, I mean, it, it kind of looks that way from time to time. Um, and that just means they're not playing with, with confidence. They're not playing with the belief that they're going to go out there and get the job done. They're, they're playing more with, a, you know, let's go out and, and try hard and see what happens and, and try not to – to lose, like like was said. So um, yeah, I think there is a little bit to that, but I think that's that's kind of represented by the youth of of the team and the inexperience of a lot of the players. All right, so back up a second. Did you sleep at all last night? Did you go to bed early and wake up, or did you just pull an all nighter? <laughs> uh, I actually did go to bed and then get up, watch the game, and then I. I snoozed for an hour or so after the game before jumping on with you guys as well. So, yeah. Brian Person joining us. So, to what Mark said, you get a draw, you make it to the knockout round. Are you thrilled that you make it to the knockout round? Or are you disappointed in the fact that for the very first time you don't beat Portugal? So, I think, I think you're disappointed that you haven't beaten Portugal, that you haven't gotten – more than one win in the pool stage of the, of the tournament. Um, but as the game progressed, um, I really think, you know, as you saw toward the final maybe 15 minutes of the game, they really played just for the draw. Um, and you're, you're kind of glad now that you're just advancing because, you know, we can say what we want about the U.S. maybe not performing as well, uh, but Portugal played unbelievable, and they have a very good team. And I think maybe, you know, they are advancing along with the rest of the world um, at a rapid rate. And, and we, we're not, um, I guess, maybe we shouldn't be so arrogant to go into the games and think we're so far ahead of the rest of the world that, that maybe we were at one point. All right, let me ask you this. If the men and they will be hosting the World Cup in a couple of years. If it was the men we were talking about making it to the knockout round, we'd be probably ecstatic. But with the women, <laughs> now they're getting criticized for their play, even though they make it to the knockout round, right? 
Yeah, and I just think it goes to the history of the programs. You know, the the men's side around the world is so advanced and has been for a long time, and we were pl- kind of playing catch-up for a while and, and, and are doing a good job with that on the men's side. Um, on the women's side, we, the U.S. in general in its athletics has pushed women's sports a lot earlier than the rest of the world, and so we had the resources um, and you know to put into the women's side, and, and so we, we started out at a higher level. So, yeah, I mean, it's just where your expectations and, and where your history has been. So moving forward, Brian, how do you how do you fix it? I mean, do you pull a Ted Lasso and uh, there's my second reference of the day? Do you let him just go n- no no curfew for a night in Amsterdam? Like, what 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 are we doing here? <laughs> that's a great question, and and I think you know that's kind of one of the variables of coaching. You've got to know your team. You've got to you know know the situation. Different coaching styles do different things, and you know I think um, Carly Lloyd kind of spoke to that when asked uh, by Alexi Lawless on one of the postgame questions about what is he, what is um, the coach doing in the locker room right now, and how is he reacting? And for me, um, you really need to kind of let the players know that there is a standard that's expected. Um, you do have to move on. You can't dwell on it, but you have to learn from it. And and I don't think I don't think you just kind of go and have no curfew and let them do whatever they want. But you <laughs> you say, look, you're professionals. This is what you do. You're expected to come and perform at a higher level than that. All right. Carly Lloyd also made another comment, and I'd like you to address this because I don't know what it really means. She said, in her opinion, winning doesn't mean as much anymore to this team as much as a lot of the off-the-field things that are happening. What is she referring to? Yeah, so that's a loaded question and probably has a lot of depth to it. Um, but I, I think on the on the first surface, you're you're looking at things like, um, you know, because they have been put on a pedestal because of their winning, they're now not concentrating on the winning as much as much as what that pedestal has allowed them to do. And maybe that's uh, a voice for whatever specific rights they're standing for. Maybe that's, um, you know, not taking things as seriously because the pressure isn't there because the team's already done it. You know, you can kind of go from any angle you want, but I think the, the bottom line is, there's not as much weight on winning as there once were. And I think, you know, we can get into that even at the youth level where it's the whole everybody gets a trophy deal and these these um, players now are, are a product of that and, and maybe that reward of winning is not what it once was. Um, and, and I don't know that's even specific to, to women's soccer or soccer in general. I think it's more um, sports-wide. So the next matchup, and now there's a lot of concern among, again, the talking heads playing Sweden, which is supposed to be a, a USA nemesis. Is it? Is this going to be a tough? Is this going to be? If he couldn't beat Portugal, can we beat Sweden? <laughs> can we beat Sweden? Absolutely, we can beat Sweden, and um, uh, you know we definitely have the players and the ability to do it. Sweden is a tremendous team. They're very talented. Um, disciplines they know how to play they're familiar with the u.s and you know we have a history with them with not only friendlies but uh, world cups and other competitions and so I, I do think it will be a very difficult game because they will be very prepared for our team and they are very very talented 
Brian, this is a loaded question just for fun. Do you think he could do a better job coaching this team than the guy who's coaching? And I don't know his name. I can't pronounce it. <laughs> um, I'm not prepared to say that. No, it's uh, it's not not my level right now. And, um, you know, obviously there are things that I have my opinions on, um, but I would not say that I would, with confidence, jump in and do a better job. That's that's not a, something I'm going to say. <laughs> this would have been considered a major upset if Portugal beat us. But, Mark, you brought up earlier about another country that a defending – I don't know how you worded it, but it was an upset, and that was Canada. Wasn't Canada being ousted kind of an upset? Uh, absolutely, yeah. They're defending Olympic champions, and for them not to get out of the group stage um, definitely was a surprise, uh, and uh, I, I don't know that too many people saw that one coming. All right, before I let you go, just a word about your team. You start practice, I think, this week, uh, Mobile? Yeah, we come into preseason on Thursday, and we have our first training sessions on uh, Saturday. So, yeah, we're excited to get going. Real young team. Um, 19 new players to add to the group from, from last year, which was uh, 16 new players. So we have, I think we're only going to have two, maybe three seniors um, this year. And so it's a, a young team, um, but yeah, definitely looking to build on, on a solid season last year. So I'm, I'm looking forward to it. Hey, right. Meg. Oh, one, one quick question. If the U.S. does not win, what country does the World Cup? Ooh, that's a great question. Um, if we're going by the form of the teams right now, you gotta, you gotta like Japan and, and their ability to to play and get the, the ball on the goal. Um, even though Spain took a, a a nice loss to Japan, Spain is very talented. Um, and then you also have the likes of uh, Germany um, and uh, Sweden too. Very, very good teams. Hey man, go get some sleep. <laughs> well, I appreciate it, guys. Uh, thanks for having me on. Yep, enjoyed it, man. Thank you. All right. You don't tell me to do that. I got up early to watch it. Oh, wait a minute. I'm always up. That yeah, long. you're always I'm up that early. Yeah. And occasionally from time to time you might doze off during the show. So I, g I give you a pass. There are times that maybe yeah. the next segment could happen. Well, it's an open segment. So, in fact, let's just do this now. So we have a, a, an open segment. You guys can jump in at 694-1055. Uh, we had Sterling Dixon on earlier today. Um, he's going to be rocking the number 10 jersey for Spanish Fort. Uh, Pigskin kind of recapped the uh, Baldwin County Media Day. His show, the Prep Spotlight, is back this Thursday. Man, it's August 1st, and uh, all signs point to football. So we'll take your calls next, 694-1055. Uh, the opening kickoff, wrapping up hour number two, Justin Ferguson on Auburn and Terry Curtis of UMS Wright uh, in hour number three. Lee's back. woohoo! Right here on the sports station, WNSP. My name is Sherman Williams, former running back for the University of Alabama and the Dallas Cowboys. And I wake up each morning listening to WNSP 105.5. So we do have some uh, time to talk to you. You got any thoughts on did anybody out there join Brian Person and get up this morning and watch soccer? Did you like to hear from you? Give us a call if you did. I'd like also like to hear your thoughts. 
on how the team is performing, good, bad, or indifferent? No, I didn't get up. I will not get up on Sunday either. What time do they play on Sunday? Like 4 a.m.? Uh, 3 Central. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Whatever. No, not doing it. Now, what time did you get up this morning? You no, may have seen like the last 10 seconds of it. Or? No, no, no. No, look, when I get up in the morning to come do our show, I'm getting up in just enough time to do everything I need to get here. I'm not I'm not having breakfast. I'm not turning on the, the television. When I when you're here, I sleep till 515. When you're not yeah, here, it, it I get in. I get now. earlier. I get in earlier. Yeah, that you know. To prepare, I, I, don't, I don't normally, and you know this. I I don't really harp on what others are saying on the syndicated shows. But as I was, I had the uh, obviously our station on CBS because I wanted to get updates. I left when it was zero zero. I got here it was zero zero. But in the interim, I was listening to the CBS. They had a. Uh, uh, a guy's name is Herrera. He was sitting in for Amy. And the entire time, he's telling, he's calling on his listeners to call up and tell him why he should like soccer. And, you know, after a while, I just got so bored with it because my point was, his indication was, I don't understand the game. I don't really care for it. Well, then don't, you don't have to watch it. But yet he kept updating the scores, doing play by play. Nobody's forcing anybody to watch. If you don't like the sport, nobody's forcing you, holding a gun to your head, you have to watch it. There are a lot of sports that are out there that I know, Mark, you don't care for. Nobody's forcing you to watch it. And I don't. Talk about it. I know you I'm don't. my own man. You are. You are. You're, what, you and Gundy? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, if fine. I like – I don't watch a lot of soccer, uh, hardly at all, except when we get to World Cup. Or Olympics. You know, I, I take an interest, as you do, patriotism, root for your team. I don't worry about the political stuff that's going on. I just want to see us win. Hey, on a, on a very different note, um, did you guys see where Pee Wee Herman died? I did. You remember Pee Wee? I do. You, I, I never, was that before your time, Nick? <laughs> uh, technically, yes, it was before my time, but I am familiar of the works of a Paul Rubens. Yeah. I never... I was trying to think if I've ever actually seen him. I mean, I bits and pieces, but never watched a full show that he was involved with or a movie. Looking back, it's it's amazing how. Uh, <laughs> how old was he? He was seventy. Uh, I had a private bout with cancer. Didn't let anybody know. Uh, but what's crazy is you look back at that those movies because he did two of them in that show, and they're so absolutely ridiculous. Yet he became known worldwide for playing Pee Wee Herman. It's just fascinating to me. Were you a big Pee Wee fan, Nick? Did you go back and watch the show when you real when cuz like you said it was before your time. I've only seen the movie. Hmm. I didn't watch the show. You know Lawrence Fishburne was on the show. Every once in a while you'll see that meme. Yep. I did know that. You think you think you think Lawrence Fishburne would appreciate that in, in the next interview he does. You know, they're just kind of running through all the great works he did. And so tell us about your decision to be a part of Pee Wee Herman's uh, franchise. Yeah, I'm sure he uh, enjoyed that role. Wait, enjoyed the paycheck. You think he still got the costume? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. I'm sure he puts it on every now and then. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 
someone in the app can't understand why uh, no one enjoys the zero zero scores. I'm assuming you're being sarcastic. One thing we ought to point out: they don't play in the uh, first round. The group they do not go into overtime. They will in the knockout round. Obviously, a single game elimination. But as far as the uh, first group of competition it's it's over with if it's a draw it's a draw and that's the way it is and we finished second to the netherlands can't believe it i can't either mediocrity we're better than this people the netherlands two draws and a win over vietnam and the vietnam win was only three nothing the netherlands beat them seven nothing which is why they finished first in the usa but it'll change now when we play sweden winner advances loser goes Listen, home. lee lee all up in the world cup today man he's he's given us formats and hey i watched about 10 minutes of it this morning conference realignment and divisions and point differential and all i'm saying is apparently we need a new offensive coordinator over there at team usa can't well, score the, the thing with the netherlands the coach was criticized for not making substitutions because the the, the critics were saying the, 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 the women were tired, they were running around, and they should have put some of the subs in. And they then were... today, this morning, they Well, did, why were they running around then? They did put the subs in, and it didn't work out. So what next? Soccer guru Lee Shervanian over here. Yeah, anything you need Spent to know. Spent the last 22 minutes talking about a game nobody saw because it started at 2 o'clock a.m. our time. That's very true. It was halftime when I woke up. Mm. Speaking of conference alignment and everything, it could happen today or tomorrow, but the commissioner of the Pac-12 is supposed to release or announce a meteorites uh, decision. In other words, tying them with TV or whatever. This has been a very controversial matter with the uh, Pac-12. You know, As you know, they're losing Southern Cal and they're losing UCLA to the Big Ten next year. Now Colorado is stepping out. So as this Pac-12, with its great history and tradition, starts to disintegrate, the only thing that probably could keep it going is a is a media contract uh, that will you know help the teams that are still remaining you know be viable. However, if it's not what some of the programs are looking for, there is speculation now, Mark, that Arizona could leave and go to the Big 12. Is there a conference? That you hope crashes and burns more than the Pac-12 well, at this point. Let me remind you. You remember which conference was going to burn a couple of years ago? It was the Big 12. Yeah. That was that was the conference that everybody thought uh, when Texas and Oklahoma left, okay, when it was announced, oh, this conference is going downhill. There, there's no chance. They're out. And there was speculation that some of the programs would advance to the Pac-12 and that would be a more viable conference. Look how the scene has shifted now. The The Big 12 is carrying its weight. They've got four new programs coming in this year. They've got Colorado coming in. And now they're looking to bring in a 14th team, which some are saying could be Arizona. Although, how would Arizona come in if Arizona State doesn't come in because they're tied, tied in with the same Board of Regents? So are you cheering for the Pac-12 to be successful, or are you hoping it fails? I never want to see anybody fail, to be honest with you. I really don't. I mean, they had such a great tradition, obviously, with Southern Cal and UCLA leaving. It's kind of watered down. But still, you have Washington. You have Oregon. I mean, you have some good programs, not great programs right now, but good programs. I don't want to see them fail. 
But unless this commissioner is able to, it's the way of the world now. If he can't come up with a good media program, a good rights program, a TV contract, it's a possibility it could go down. I was always led to believe, Mark, years ago that eventually they'd wind up with four conferences anyway. That was always the trend that eventually college football would have four major conferences of 16 teams. And, And this was back in the late 80s and 90s, the speculation that this was going to happen. And right now you got the SEC and the Big Ten, obviously very viable, very strong. Big 12 looks like they're okay. ACC's not going anywhere. So that leaves the Pac-12 kind of bordering on disintegration unless this guy can save them. I just uh, – I think there is a entitlement in the Pac-12 that rubs me the wrong way. And I'm sure all conferences feel that way, but I just feel like – how so? They get the sense that they're bigger than they really are. So to watch them crash and burn uh, in the in the in the, what they're doing and the decisions that they've made over there with withholding, telling everybody all these all these different entities talking about how the media rights deal is coming, it's coming, and then the Pac-12 commission is decided he's not going to talk about it. He doesn't want to talk about it at media days because he wants to keep it about football. Meanwhile, your two two of your biggest brands are out. I just feel like they. I just feel like they, they, they feel like and then the whole Rose Bowl connection, I just they just they have this elitism about them that rubs me the wrong way. Now, I've had problems with certain commissioners, right? Delaney was always a guy that you couldn't stand, but he was doing what he thought was best for the conference. So I'm talking about I, I don't think I've ever rooted for a conf- against a conference more than I root against the Pac twelve for for that reason. Like you don't want the Big Ten to you know, supersede the SEC. That's like natural. I'm not talking about that stuff, but I, I, I want to see the Pac-12 go. Just go. See, I don't. I'm. I'm. What well, I mean? What's up? So I don't Dan anybody, Lanning. I don't. I don't want to see any. You know, I don't want to see anybody fail. There was only one team that I ever used the same terminology that you did for the conference, and that was Texas elitist entitlement yeah and i i wanted to see them fail and what i love about texas to the sec is that's gonna get knocked that 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 elitist attitude will be have a texas network you don't right and i think that's gonna they're gonna have to reevaluate how they view themselves now that they're in the sec because if you remember back then with texas nebraska left uh who else Uh, nebraska left and then the was Colorado back? Yeah, Colorado went. Yeah, yeah, and then they're yeah. coming back. Now so they're coming back. Yeah. Uh, Got Lanning. You mentioned Lanning. Oh yeah. So Lanning was asked about Colorado uh, and his reaction to them leaving the conference, and he says, "Not a big reaction. I'm trying to remember what they won to affect this conference, and I don't remember. He basically, do you remember them irrelevant. winning anything? I don't remember them winning anything. It, why would you? Why would you say that? First of all, you have to play them. Okay, this year." And here's the deal. There is there has been rumors that Oregon may wind up in the uh, Big Ten. So before you go out and criticize a program for leaving a conference, it could turn around and bite you because you may be leaving the conference also. It's possible. How much more gets taken from that conference before it disintegrates? I mean, as good as as many brands as Pac-12 had, they were still on the outside looking into the college football you know, playoff. You know what's worse? And as you said, let's, you don't mind you know, if it disintegrates. But here's what's worse. So what if it survives? But SMU, San Diego State, 
schools like that. That's 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 not like the Pac-12. The Pac-12 has lost it. When Southern Cal and UCLA left, that's lost a lot of its bite to it. That's the way I feel about it, and it makes it almost irrelevant. All right, we switch gears. We talk some Auburn next. Justin Ferguson set to join us, and uh, Terry Curtis also in our number three. Uh, we'll find out uh, what what's in store for the Bulldogs this year, and obviously, uh, Terry, uh, very impressive honor here this week as well. So we'll get to all of that coming up in hour number three. Continue with your comments in the app at WNSP.com. The opening kickoff, Mark Lee, Triple G, right here on the sports station, WNSP. <laughs> is the opening kickoff on the country's first FM all-sports radio station. 105.5 FM WNSP and WNSP.com. The latest sports, news, traffic, weather, and timely guests with Mark Heim and Lee Shermanian. The opening kickoff. 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 Here are Mark and Lee. All right, 804, hour number three. The man, the myth, the legend is back in the house. Ran out of money, ran out of vacation days, whatever it is, but Lee's back. No, thanks to the Apple Watch, I didn't run out of money. Oh, right, right, Do you right, have right. one? Do you I have an Apple Watch? I d- no. No, you don't. I haven't worn a watch. Uh, never even heard of it. Since I got my first cell phone, I think. Ne- never even heard of one. Didn't even know they existed oh, until boy. this weekend. You people, you see what I'm dealing with here? All right, Mark. So why don't you and I, and maybe we'll even invite Nick to uh, the next soccer match. We'll have a get-together at 2 in the morning, yeah. uh, root on the USA against Sweden. How's that? Yeah, I'll pass. That's a hard pass. But what we're going to do now is bring in Justin Ferguson from the Auburn Observer. Oh, what a weekend. Big Cat weekend. Justin, were you at Big Cat weekend this weekend? Yeah, I was around for sure, and uh, it was it was definitely a huge weekend for Auburn. I mean, not only do you get uh, DeMarcus Riddick to flip, Earlier in the week, from Georgia to Auburn, um, Big Cat Weekend, you get uh, you get a huge Perry Thompson flip from down there where you guys are, and then also pick up Malcolm Simmons from right down the road. So, probably the biggest weekend for Auburn recruiting in a very, very long time. Justin, I said this uh, after the first big news of Riddick. If in three or four or five years or whenever it is that. Hugh Freeze and Auburn are competing for SEC titles or national championships or whatever. We're going to go back to this weekend and say this was the start of it all right here. I, I agree. I mean, because that's the thing about Auburn is just that, you know, they they need to get closer and closer to Alabama and Georgia and LSU and Texas A&M, for that matter, in terms of recruiting. And, you know, you, you got to get the dudes. And I think the most impressive thing so far is that Hugh Freeze and the staff have been able to convince kids to jump on board with them before they even – play a down of football this year um you know and, and i think that's been very important because the recruiting cycle continues to get earlier and earlier you know there's a lot of these kids want to go ahead and get their commitments done and their decisions done before their senior years of high school football and if that's the case you don't have time to wait around and and, and you know show off what you can do on the field in the fall because uh the, a lot of your a lot of your class is going to be um, you know, already decided before you even get to September. So um, the fact that Auburn was able to do that 
without putting out a product on the field yet, I think is pretty impressive. So tell us, what special, what do they do on Big Cat Weekend? What are some of the activities? What 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 brings this all together? And they get these highly starred players coming in. What makes it special? Yeah, Big Cat Weekend is a very laid back weekend in terms of what they do. Um, it is a it is a Saturday where it's a you know it's a a barbecue it's like a you know everybody um comes and just kind of it's laid back it's not a lot of football stuff it's hey get to know the get to know the the current commitments more get to know the current players more the coaching staff uh they do activities this year uh one of their big things they did was a scavenger hunt all across campus is a good way to get them to learn campus and all that um which is something that's pretty it's it's a pretty popular move that they've done yeah and then they go you know everybody's probably seen the the pictures now in the video of uh, Hugh Freeze getting thrown into the pool at the rec center. It's, it's just it's that kind of laid back thing where it's not a whole lot about football and it's more about just, hey, you're about to go play football this year. You're, you're coming up on your season. We're coming up in our season. Practice is right around the corner. Let's just kind of kick back and, and have a day where it's really laid back before all the really hard work begins here in the next few days. And um, it, it's, a, it's, an appeal, it's an appealing you know, sales pitch for sure. Did and he, people uh, like to come up there for it. Did he have his bathing suit on or was he in full dress? <laughs> I think he might have had shorts on, um, you know, but they, I think they were all around in that area. Uh, that, uh, you know, uh, it, it wouldn't hurt him to, to get tossed in there. Yeah, Justin, I'm assuming you're like me. When you're watching the video, you weren't exactly concentrating on what the man was wearing, right? <laughs> well, it was it was funny because it was like when the flip, the video happened and all the guys start flipping in the pool, I was like, oh, that's clever, that's fun. And then they were like, you know what, we're so happy we're going to throw our head coach in the yeah. pool. Like I, I, that, that thought didn't cross my mind at the beginning. So let me ask you, so obviously a, a, a lot of success. Uh, the obvious question that I don't know anybody has the answer to is, how is he doing this? How is he beating yep. Alabama and Georgia? And better yet, how is he flipping guys that were originally committed to those schools? Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's everybody's on the same page at Auburn now. You know, I don't know how big of NIL has been a factor for these guys. I know it's going to be a factor for sure. And I think Auburn is just they've got a you know they've got their their uh, affairs in order when it, when it seems to be like everybody's kind of pulling together. Uh, the administration, uh, the NIL co- uh, collective at Auburn, the coaching staff. I think everybody's kind of cooperating right now. And so I think Auburn's been able to kind of have some more success on the recruiting trail because Hugh Freeze, you know, that's the thing about Hugh Freeze and the staff. They take recruiting super seriously, um, especially compared to the last staff. But I think just in general, it's just something they've talked about from day one that they need to do. I mean, you would go, and I'm sure you're going to see some of this, um, you know, probably in fall camp. There would be times in spring practices where we would be out there and in the middle of practice, you would see Freeze get pulled off to the side to talk to a recruit on the phone or something like that. And I think they put such a high priority on it, it, it really it really helps. And then the other thing is when you look at Perry Thompson and you look at DeMarcus Riddick, a couple of things these guys have said uh, since making their decisions are basically like, hey, um, you know, I could go to Alabama, I could go to Georgia, uh, I could win a lot, I could go to the NFL. Um, and, you know, all that's appealing. Um, but I think there's an appeal for these guys that, you know, they've just found the right dudes to kind of tweak and say, hey, you want to come do your own thing. You want to come help Auburn get back to where it used to be, um, you know, instead of being just another five-star at Alabama or Georgia. While that's a great thing to be, it's just another five-star at Alabama and Georgia. I think you get the attention and the kind of 
um, you know, the status, I think, in a place like Auburn, especially right now, I think that appeals to a lot of kids. I, I would agree with you there, too, but based on rumors and innuendos I hear and that none of it confirmed, isn't NIL the, the main reason the, yeah. that that's the reason that they're doing as well as they are? The money. I think I, I think nil. I think Auburn getting their getting their act together in nil is definitely a huge reason why it's why it's work. Now you got to have the coaching staff to, you know, do the work on the recruiting trail, and you got to be able to convince kids to get to give Auburn a shot. But yeah, I mean Auburn Auburn has definitely got their nil in line. Um, there are people who are you know donating. There's a lot higher number of people donating than before. Big money boosters have gotten behind uh, behind this football program and just said, hey, we believe in what's kind of being built right now because I think a lot of people are frustrated with what happened, what's happened in the last few years. You know, isn't it, isn't it crazy how how things change so quickly? It wasn't that long ago. I feel like we were talking about Hugh Freeze pulling in the number one ranked. Uh, recruiting class at another school that certainly had a different feel to it right because there was all these accusations of of things going on there um and probably a lot of what was going on there is just kind of run-of-the-mill above board stuff today just the the constant changing of the landscape in college football never ceases to amaze me yeah, no, they, you're absolutely right. Because I was talking about about that with somebody the other day. I mean, you know, Hugh Freeze had obviously Hugh Freeze has had had stuff in his past that had nothing to do with recruiting and and all that that um, you know has gotten gotten you know, rubbed folks the wrong way and um, stuff that he's had to apologize for in the past. But if you look at just the recruiting stuff and the recruiting, you go, yeah, you're absolutely right. A lot of stuff that he got accused of doing and and things that that went ugly at Ole Miss. And recruiting now, like that stuff, you know, that stuff isn't necessarily the the worst thing in the world now right. in terms of uh, getting punished. And so, yeah, I mean, you got to stay ahead of the curve. And I and I think a a guy like Hugh Freeze that connects pretty well with players and families, armed with uh, NIL, I think is a, is a pretty big weapon on the recruiting trail. Justin Ferguson talking Auburn with us from the Auburn Observer. All right, practice starts Thursday. Obviously, quarterback position is the number one priority. Talk about that and also some of the other storylines that you'll be following. Yeah, quarterback's going to be huge, obviously. Peyton Thorne coming in. He's been here since the beginning of the summer. Can he do enough here in the next few weeks to win the starting job like a lot of people think he has the chance to after transfer from Michigan State? And how much are we going to see Robbie Ashford take that step forward? Awesome runner, we all know. Uh, great. I thought he did a great job of kind of leading Auburn through some tough times last season, played through injury. Uh, but the passing numbers just have to go up if, if they he has a chance to you know, be a starter on this team. Uh, other storylines, obviously, get keep an eye on Jarquez Hunter. Um, you know, if he's going to be available all throughout fall camp and just kind of what his status will be. So that'll be a big one. Everybody will be, have their eyes on on Thursday. Uh, other ones, can Auburn find – to playmakers, a wide receiver to step up. They went out and got three more transfers after spring ball. Which one of those guys can feel like they can take that next step? They got two pretty big battles, I think, on the offensive line at guard. Um, so who, who pulls off the guard uh, battles? Bringing in some new uh, blood, edge rusher and, and linebacker after spring ball. Can that group kind of get together? Auburn's front seven was not very good last year in terms of production. Can they you know, find the next level. And I will say one of the most underrated things about this team this year, um, you know, and I think it's getting overlooked, is Auburn's got the chance to have one of the better secondaries in the SEC. Uh, They were a good pass defense last season statistically, uh, and they brought pretty much everybody back. They got more depth. They got some young players they really like for the future. 
Uh, so keep an eye on that secondary. I think they could be a real weapon. If Auburn overachieves this season, I think it's going to be because of what they do on, on the back end of their defense. Look, I know there's a ways to go, in, and you haven't had a chance to, to view the quarterback, the, the newcomer mm -hmm. uh, from Michigan State, but do you have a gut feeling as to which of these quarterbacks will have an edge going into that first game? Yeah, I, you know, I feel like it's going to be Peyton Thorne when it's all said and done. I think when you look back at you Freeze's track record uh, at Old Miss and even to Liberty, when he asked transfer quarterbacks in, those guys usually win the job. Um, you got to go back to Bo Wallace, back to Chad Kelly, obviously Malik Willis at Liberty. Um, he, you know, when, when there's a when there's a transfer in the mix, uh, that guy almost always gets the call. Um, so I, I keep going back to the fact that. You know, Peyton Thorne was brought in by Auburn for a reason. They went through spring practices, they knew what they had, and they felt like they needed more. Um, just that kind of straightforward way to look at it, it would say that Peyton Thorne would be the favorite. However, if Robbie Ashford can throw the ball uh, better, if he's fully healthy and can be throwing the ball better than he did last season, he's going to put up a really good fight. And I think even if he doesn't start this year, I think Auburn's going to find ways to get him on the field. Great stuff as always, Justin. I know with Auburn ramping up practice, here we go. How can people get the latest and greatest? Yep, AuburnObserver.com. Sign up there. Uh, you know, we will be running specials for fall camp that, that go live tomorrow. Uh, so check us out tomorrow morning, I think, is the best way. If you want to save a, little, save a couple bucks uh, on your subscription, everything we do gets emailed to your inbox. We're going to have practice observations on uh, Thursday and Friday. We'll have podcasts. We'll have a ton of coverage from Auburn football uh, fall camp. So it's the best time to sign up. Uh, check us out. Uh, like I said, tomorrow morning, auburnobserver.com. If you're a new subscriber, we can save you save you a couple bucks on it. Hey, man, uh, take a breath. Here we go. I hope you got all that yep. vacation in. Yeah, uh, yeah, pretty good summer. Got got some good vacation. Sounds like, sound like Lee did, too. Yeah. Uh, but it's, it's time to roll. <laughs> hey, man, we appreciate it. We'll be in touch. Yeah, absolutely. Thank you, guys. All right, scoreboard traffic and weather, Lee. Yeah, gotta we gotta make up for those lost scoreboards. I was thinking the same thing. I'm glad you. Pro, you yeah. So you missed We're, you missed a few yesterday. You and I are so much alike. You missed a few yesterday. They just flew by you. Uh, yeah, but anything that was worthy of a scoreboard while you were gone w was talked about, analyzed, and debated. How about that? Put uh, me in my place. No, no, just different strokes for different folks. For instance, we probably, if you weren't here, we probably would have spent the good portion of the day talking about Pee Wee Herman. <laughs> oh, I'm glad I'm here then. <laughs> I know you are, but what am I? I know you are, but what am I? <laughs> Stay with us. Hi, I'm former Major League Baseball player Bernie Carbo. I listen to WNSP 105.5. Love every minute of it. <laughs> Four here. Got some time. You want to jump in? 694-1055. That's the number. Um, the NFL, or maybe I should say CBS, has just announced this morning that CBS Sportsly and Nickelodeon are teaming up for the first ever Super Bowl alternate telecast with, you guessed it, the slime-filled presentation. How about that? Who's doing the play-by-play? -play? They got somebody already? Uh, I don't. 
Uh, let Can me I see apply? if that one's you. You want you want to do the slime filled present? Sure. What's that? Maybe SpongeBob and Patrick on the call. You think? SpongeBob, Patrick, and Lee Shervanian. Is this going on at the same time as the Super Bowl, or is it the night before, or the day before? No, it's the it's the alternate broadcast. It's going to happen live. You know how this Nickelodeon's been doing a game yeah, a year yeah, or right, two games. I realize that. So now they're doing the Super Bowl. They're going big time. I don't. Slime makes everything better, apparently. I'm not watching this. So if the Saints, I'll be watching. Is that what you're going to be watching? Maybe. No. So if the Saints aren't in the Super Bowl, you would not switch to Slime Bowl? I would not be uh, switching to the Nickelodeon broadcast of Have the Have you Super ever Bowl. watched Nickelodeon sure. at all? For what? Like what? What's on there now um, that would catch your attention? It's been a minute since I've been on Nickelodeon. Usually it's a result of my kids having been watching. Like Fairly Odd Parents? Mm. I, we missed the Paw Patrol. That's a little bef- after our time, thank God. Uh, I don't know. Rugrats? We did Rugrats for a minute. We did maybe a minute of SpongeBob. Nothing. Cat re- Dog? No. I don't know what we saw, to be honest with you. Nothing that stuck with me, clearly. But you'd watch you'd watch the uh, alternate telecast of the Super Bowl? Maybe. No way. Yes or no, not maybe. Yeah, have a stand. Come on. This, Come this, on, what, Nick. You're so wishy-washy. Seriously. It depends, it depends what cartoon characters they have on the call. Hmm. And if they're better than the cartoon characters that they have on the other one. What if they have the turtles? Oh, all four together? Yeah. Now, now, now we're talking. All right. What about the Smurfs? I'd probably pass on that what one. What if Pee Wee Herman was calling the game? That would be probably uh, insensitive. Yeah. Okay. I just don't. Because you're not going to get the commercials, right? The The million dollar or the $10 million 30-second spots on the alternate telecast. That's a good point. I don't know. They might show them. They're all, it's all owned by uh, CBS. See, my problem with alternate broadcast, especially if it's a, if a team I'm following or I'm a fan of, I don't want that to distract from my main focus. Right? It's like I can do all that, you want to do the slime in, in a game that I don't really have a vested interest in? That's fine. Maybe it, it'll add to the entertainment value. But when I'm when I'm locked in, I'm locked in. So you're telling me you're going to be upset when on the last second game winning drive, while uh, Desmond Ritter is marching down the field, but we can't see it because yeah. Cosmo and Wanda are doing a yeah. dance on the 50 <laughs> yeah. yard line. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> And someone's explaining the whole idea of what a touchdown is. Yes, that that would be yeah. that would be an issue for me. Who is that? Timeouts. They have slime outs. Yeah. So who's Atlanta playing? Since you put Desmond Ritter in there, who are they playing? He caught it. He's quick. That dude caught. He was picking up what you were putting down. Who are they playing? Wishy washy. They're playing the Jacksonville Jaguars. And there's a triple G guarantee, baby. <laughs> Calvin Ridley winds up MVP. Hmm. Wouldn't that be poetic? And and if the Falcons are up 28-3, I'm calling you. Terry Curtis is up next right here on the sports station WNSP.
831. Thanks for hanging with us on a Tuesday edition. It's the opening kickoff. Mark and Lee. want to welcome in our special guest, the longtime coach at UMS Wright, the winningest high school football coach in the state of Alabama, Terry Curtis. Coach, good morning. How are you today? Doing great, guys. How about y'all? Congratulations. Uh, when I saw that, I was so happy for you. You were uh, named the National Coach of the Year. I believe you got the award. Was it last week you went, Terry? Yeah, it was last. Uh, well, it's been last Thursday now. Days kind of run together. Last Thursday uh, in Lincoln, Nebraska. Did you go out there? Uh, yeah, yeah. Wow. They had uh, they had eight eight finalists out there from all over the country and brought all eight in and and uh, and made a big deal with it. It was quite a banquet uh, and. Uh, uh, you know, very uh, uh, a lot of good coaches out there. Did you have to wear a tux? No, no, coat and tie. All right. So, I don't know. Look, I know you've gotten a lot of awards. Uh, can you get an award higher than this, National Coach of the Year? I mean, is this like tops them all? Well, probably, probably not many. But you know, uh, that's a that's a big honor. But uh, you know. Uh, I think it's just as important to, you know, to be honored in your home state and coach of the year and, and uh, you know, being in the Hall of Fame in your hometown city and uh, and uh, all, also in the Alabama High School Lake Association Hall of Fame and the UMS Hall of Fame. Uh, you know, uh, all those national awards are fine, but, uh, uh, you know, to, to be honored by your peers, uh, you know, uh, that you see every day and know and so forth is, uh, you know, to me, just as big a deal. So next time Mark and I come into your house, which would be the first time, and we open up the door, do we see this? Do they give you like a plaque or something or like an, uh, a trophy? What do you get for this? Yeah, uh, it, was a, it, was a, it wasn't a plaque. It was like a, uh, a glass kind of, I guess, half between a trophy and a plaque with uh, – you know, some inscription on it. It was a, uh, you know, it was a, a, a glass thing with, uh, you know, the, the writing inscripted on it. So it was, uh, it was a nice. Uh, uh, I had a hard time getting it home. That's what I was wondering. You had to fly home, right? Yeah. So I had to. Uh, uh, I picked it up in my suitcase, and and it got it made it back okay. So that was good. TSA didn't stop you, huh? It didn't. It didn't. Bells didn't go off in no. the X-ray machine. Nope, nope. It, it was all good. So, did you rest it on the seat next to you so people could see it? No, I put it in my suitcase. Ooh, you're a brave I, man. You checked it. Wow. I turned. Yeah, I went ahead and checked it in. I didn't want to carry that thing. Was pretty heavy. I didn't want to fool with it, and glad I didn't have to because uh, I got stuck in Houston for quite till till about eleven thirty at night. So. Oh, gosh. Welcome to the what else is going on around the United <laughs> States. <laughs> that's, that's, that's another story. Yeah. Terry, I, I wanted to, when I had uh, an opportunity to, to book, you know, and get you on, of course, you know, the local story about Sterling Dixon. So I thought, let's go back to your days at Murphy, because that's when I first got to know you. And I remember, and, and again, we didn't have much media coverage. We didn't have all that we have now. But you might, you know, I knew about stories about Shaw players uh, leaving and going to another school. And I remember the Baker Four that went to Murphy, the Alex Lincoln's group. And, you know, I'd hear stuff like, well, they, 
they can move because this school offers a course that the other school doesn't. And I heard about brothers who would be going to the <clears> same <throat> high school, but one would go one place and one the other. Has it really changed that much now with players coming and going to different schools? Is it, it pretty much like it was, or has it gotten a lot more, let's say, involved with more kid, more and more kids leaving these days? Well, I think I think it's gotten to be more. Uh, there's a you know there's a lot of reasons uh, you know to that. Uh, uh, you know, back in the day, you had a thing uh, majority to minority. If one school was majority uh, race of one color, you could go to another one and not have to sit out. That was mandated by you know a, uh, a that was not just a state mandate. That was a national mandate. Uh, majority they call it the majority minority. So. Uh, you know, uh, when I was at Murphy, we had kids coming over from uh, that were supposed to go to Williamson. I guess the biggest difference, uh, Lee, was back in the day, those kids would usually come, you know, in middle school or, or, or whatever, supposed to go one place or the other. And, uh, you know, I guess the biggest difference now is so many of these kids are are changing their, 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 their senior year and, and going to play uh play at another school that's probably where it's changed but you know there's a fine line there you know uh you know i'm always you know i'm the old school i'm a loyalist i think uh uh you know if you want to make that decision you make it before you're a senior and you owe a little bit of loyalty to the school that you were at but i can also understand uh you know parents wanting to do what's uh best for for their kid maybe their kid uh uh uh, wants to play at a higher level or wants to play at a different place. So I can understand, you know, both sides of it. But, uh, you know, that don't mean as a coach and kind of a, a person who believes in loyalty to your school and playing for your school and and uh, being a good teammate and still preaching all those things, uh, that don't mean you have to like it. So, uh, you know, it's just kind of where we are just, uh, today with social media and, and, uh, you know, I made a statement in an article the other day, uh, uh, other than getting old, I'm kind of glad I'm on the back end of all this because, uh, uh, you know, uh, if it happened to me and, and so forth, I'd probably, you know, I'd probably have a hard time with it. Terry Curtis is our guest here on uh, WNSP. So we talk a lot about in the college game in, in, in terms of transfer portal that coaches are having to not only go out and recruit, but recruit their own rosters to make sure they're not going anywhere. Do you sense that that's gonna con that trend will continue on the high school level in certain situations? Oh yeah, you know it's it's it's, it's coming up. Uh, I guess the biggest problem now is parents have gotten so involved, not necessarily that they know what's going on, but uh, uh, you got these third party people. Who, who they're putting a lot of trust into for whatever reason. And, uh, you know, they're telling them these things. And I'm even hearing that some some college coaches are, are telling guys they need to, uh, uh, you know, they, they can they could uh, evaluate them better if, uh, you know, they played at a, a higher level. So, uh, you know, you don't know what to believe. You ask a high school coach, they say, I would never tell one to leave their high school, this, that, and the other. But, but you know it's going on because they're getting this information from, uh, you know, from somewhere. They even have a website now that, that kind of tells all these guys uh, what their NIL worth is. And if they don't think it's uh, 
uh, uh, where it ought to be or not high enough, they start asking questions. Well, how can I do better? And number one answer is go play at a higher level and, uh, and, uh, and up your brand. And uh, so all these guys now, you know, they say, well, why are they transferring schools? They're already, uh, you know, they've already committed or they're already going. To, and they keep on bringing up Sterling. And, you know, as far as I know, Sterling's a, a, a great kid. And, uh, you know, his daddy said it on a couple of occasions. All he's trying to do is improve his brand and, and it's worth for an NIL deal when he gets to college. And uh, so, you know, the colleges are probably involved in a little bit. And also the, uh, <clears throat> you know, uh, just the, the parents and uh, these third-party people. I really don't think you talk about recruiting. I do not, you know, I am not going to believe that these high school coaches or, or out there uh, actively recruiting these kids. You, you'll never uh, make me believe that. They have other people doing it or whatever. I hope not, but uh, I'm sure some of it's probably going on, guys. Terry, I know you serve on boards up on the state level. Is this a concern, number one? And if so, is there anything that can be done to, to fix this, or is it just something that's just going to keep going on and on? That's going on on all, uh, you know, and now you've gotten to a point with this NIL. <clears throat> I'm not sure there's a whole lot you can do about it because if you do, then somebody's going to challenge it. And it's already been proven at the, at the college level that that they have that right. So, uh, uh, you know, if a high school kid wanted to challenge it, uh, you know, they're probably going to win it too if you did make a bylaw or a rule where – you know, once you got to this point or that point, you couldn't transfer or whatever. I mean, supposedly these guys are making, doing the right thing. They're making bona fide moves and, and moving. And uh, I guess that's the thing that shocks me more than anything. Uh, I just don't see how some of these people can just up and move. You know, I know if I had to move out of my house, I probably couldn't couldn't afford to, to go and, and, and uh, either buy another place or or rent one and keep my other one and, and, and so forth. So that's where it, it kind of gets tough. But, uh, you know, on the other side, I can understand parents uh, want what they think best for their for their kids. I just worry sometimes the parents may get uh, uh, a, a little bit uh, too much involved with uh, with the kids' well-being and, uh, and not teaching them probably the right lessons that uh, – they need to be taught at a young age. In listening to you, it, it doesn't seem like your your roster's been hit too much by this, or have they? Have Have you had lately, last couple of years, uh, student athletes leaving to go to other schools, or vice versa, them coming into UMS right? No, no. Uh, you know, uh, either one of two things: either nobody wants my players, and I'm the only one that wants them, or you know they don't, or, or you know my kids are. You know, all of them been here since pretty much kindergarten. They grew up with all these guys. They care about each other, and, and that's kind of how we play. And, uh, you know, uh, as long as I'm here, I hope uh, I hope that change, that don't change. You know, we play with our guys and, and, uh, and, and just kind of go with it. Maybe other coaches are just scared of you, Terry. Maybe that's what it is. I doubt that. I doubt that. <laughs> <laughs> We don't we don't scare a lot of people getting off the bus. I can promise you that. But uh, but uh, you know, at the end of the game, we seem to be uh, we seem to be okay. You certainly do. All right. When do you open up practice? 
Uh, we open up uh, uh, Monday. Uh, we'll go to camp, uh, Camp Grace, uh, like we've been doing for a bunch of years now. And, uh, you know, with the thing being so late, uh, you know, not being able to really start till August the 7th, and we start school on the 9th, it's kind of uh, bunched everything together this year, which is, you know, I don't remember it uh, being like this in a long time, but, uh, you know, we won't get to have uh, the two or three two-a-days and so forth. So we'll go to camp early, and, and we'll come back Tuesday and start school Wednesday and and uh, and uh, finish out the week. So, uh, so Terry, uh, you, you bring that up. So we've talked a lot about last sp- uh, this past spring and, and even into the summer, we talked about some of the schools that decided to skip spring so they could add the extra week to the uh, start of fall camp. Is that something that you might consider if your school uh, start date coincides with the same day that you can actually get out there? Because if you start a week earlier, then you can have the two days you're talking about. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know, Mark. There's, there's a, it's all whatever somebody's preference is. I've yeah. always liked the spring just to see my young kids kind of know where they are and, and who I think might can help us. I don't want to get to now. And all of a sudden we put on the pads and someone either disappoints or impresses or whatever it may be. Uh, With all we can do in the summer now, uh, I'm not sure if I didn't do a spring training, I'm not sure I'd still start early. I think, uh, you know, four weeks is a long time to to go before you play a game. Of course, some of them play a a preseason game, but it's all their own preference and uh, you know, I like to rule the way it is. You can, or you know, you can, you can do spring and start a week late, or you cannot do spring and start a week early. And you know, that's fair for everybody. And and uh, different. Every coach pretty much had their own opinion on it. And uh, I probably half did spring and half didn't. So uh, you know, I like it the way the rule is, and you can do whichever. But uh, yeah, starting school, it, it seems like every year we start a little bit earlier. Uh, I'm sure a lot of them that comes into into play. What uh, what? How many state titles now, Coach? As you look for another one, how many? Uh, eight. Eight state titles, seeking number nine. How does it look uh, this year? You got a lot. Well, of- we got the same kind. We got we lost some good players, and uh, uh, we've got to replace some. And uh, we're not exactly sure who all of them are right now, but around here, somebody always seems to step up and take somebody's place and looks around and says, hey, it's my turn to play. And and uh, and uh, I'm sure these guys are going to do it, uh, you know, do it this time. Uh, you know, how many games we'll win or lose? Uh, we're in a tough region. You know, anytime you're in there with Byer and Williamson and Fate, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's tough. So, uh, Nine-team region, so uh, we'll have to see where it uh, uh, where it goes. And uh, I know our guys are going to play hard. I know they're ready. We've had a good off season. They've done all the things that were expected of them. And uh, and uh, now we'll see where it goes from here. Well, uh, which day do you speak to the uh, media? Uh, Wednesday or Thursday? Uh, tomorrow, Wednesday, Wednesday morning. Terry, always good to catch up with you. Uh, I got to ask you, you got up this morning. It's August 1st. you feel any different than yesterday, getting up on July 31st? Well, no, it's always just good. Get my age, it's just good to get up. <laughs> Fair enough. 
Hey, uh, you know what I'm talking about, Lee? Oh, you better believe I know what you're talking about. <laughs> I'm sitting here thinking the same thing. Hey, I figured age. I figured you guys are used to getting up. You got to do it three times a night to go use the bathroom, right? At least for uh, me. I don't know about Terry, but for me, yes, for sure. What do you look? Uh, you, you told me you're going fishing. What tomorrow, Thursday? What are you looking for? What are you going to bring back? Uh, probably some specks and redfish. Ooh. I like that easy fishing. Ooh, I like I like the redfish now. Let, let me know yeah. how that works out for you. Hey, I'll do it. Hey, man, enjoy the uh, last couple right. of days there before you get into it, and uh, we appreciate you joining us. Good luck this season. Thank you, guys. See you. Yep, that's Terry Curtis. All right, one final segment, closing ceremonies. We'll give you a sneak peek into tomorrow's show as well, and you guys can jump in, 694-1055. It's the opening kickoff right here on the Sports Station WNSP. Amari Cooper, you're listening to Sports Radio WNFC. All right, so it's 8:51. Uh, I'm assuming since we are now in August, it's so let you guys know we got plans for fall football preview party getting some word about some very nice prizes details are coming but let's just say things are looking up things are looking up there's going to be there're going to be multiple reasons for you guys to come out and hang with us i don't know if we we're, we're going to give the details at a later maybe maybe later in the week or something i can give a little hint Give a little hint. Something to get that mouth watering. You can't roll your R's? No, I can. Well, prove Arr. it. Oh, nice. Can you roll your R's, Lee? No. <laughs> well, the fall football preview party. Party. It's okay. going to be at the Heroes Arr. on Old Shell. How about that? Big location. Mm-hmm. We'll hold a lot of people, and we're giving. It'll also hold our big prize that we're giving prize. away. One of our big prizes. One of. A brand new brand. Leather. Leather. Recliner. Yeah. Now. You guys going out I'd, together to do a, a little uh, get together like this? You guys. Perhaps. Go out you jealous? Perhaps. Hardly. I've seen. I just saw a photo of said recliner. Oh yeah. Swivels, oh, and everything, like it's the real deal now. Nice. You'll never have to stand up again. You know, by the way, I, I, I it like have a cup holder in it. Uh, I don't, I don't, I don't think so. But I like how when we announce, pro- it'll be a brand new because God forbid we give away a used, a used or one, previously right. owned <laughs> recliner. You guys went to a flea market yeah. and found a, a, yeah. a recliner to give away. Come Way on out and win Lee's yeah. old recliner. That's right. And now this it's recli- this recliner. Is over a one thousand dollar value. Yeah, I've I can't legit. I just got confirmation valued at sixteen hundred dollars. Dang. Yeah. Yeah. And we are not legally able to win us WNSP talent. So that means that you are the only one. You, yeah, you right there driving down the road right now. Yeah, I'm talking directly to you. You think there's somebody in their car going? 
Me? Me? That recliner is yours. You just have to get out there August 17th and come join the party. And there might be some some uh, people of note that you might want to meet. And I'm not talking Mark, Lee, or me. That's right. You're talking about Corey? I'm not even talking about Corey. I'm not even talking about Michael. Wow. We'll see. Like you said, more details to come. <laughs> uh, so how do you win the uh, recliner? So he was going to tease that we had a prod and just came right, right. out and said it. So how, how do you win? What, what's going to be the procedure? It's a great question. Details to come. Details to come. I'll, have to, I'll come up with some fun game, maybe. Which will require Lee to play a game show version of something. Well, I got a good one. Why do don't we want to just put like names in a hat and draw? Or, or I think we can might be a little more creative than that. Maybe a game of Monopoly, 10 hours later, find out who wins. <laughs> well, you know, we're in the brainstorming phase, so. Yeah. Any, we're just any spitballing. Is an idea. Pass go and collect a recliner. <laughs> <laughs> have you, you know that somewhere, I think in America, they have a life-size Monopoly board. And you are the piece. What? And I think it's the size of like a football field. And you roll the giant dice. You know, you remove your ten spaces. Now that's probably good cardio. Yeah. Hmm. Are you you guys good at Monopoly? I'm a shrewd Monopoly player. Uh, when I was up in uh, Canton, my the girlfriend to um, my son's girlfriend, there was about five or six Monopoly games there, and I'm like, "Do you play?" And she said, "Of course, very competitive." Me, no. I don't have the attention span. I'd be out in ten minutes. I, I I can't handle long 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 board games. All all I heard was the girlfriend to my son's girlfriend, and now then this I was my out. hey now now it's a party. <laughs> my son's friend had about five or six. I've never seen so many Monopoly boards, even in department stores. That's the that's that was a great marketing move by Monopoly man. Make a Mobile Monopoly, make a Birmingham Monopoly, make a University of Alabama or South Alabama. It's a, it's I don't know if those are officially licensed. Doesn't though. matter. What do you mean they're not officially licensed? Like Mobileopoly and like Bamaopoly. I don't think Monopoly is getting anything. So off. they don't have the Monopoly on Bamaopoly? No, I think I'm pretty sure that whoever created that just ripped off the Monopoly scheme. Well, and that's their a own. Like we could come up. I think we could legally shrewd. sell WNSPopoly. Hmm. Okay, write that down, because that's something we need to do tomorrow. Right, instead of a chance, you get a Chick-fil-A card. No, there's no chance there. That would be like the community chess. Okay, yeah, that's right. Get, get you what a— would, What would uh, the most—what would, like, broad uh, boardwalk be? What would our most expensive property be? Ooh. Hallett Street? <laughs> I think that would be that those brown properties, those like, the, in the very beginning. Those purple—no, the purples were—no, the browns are the, the least expensive. That would be Hallett. You'd Blue have your palette, like and then Lee's don't Prius? go out there. Spring yeah. Hill. The pieces would be Lee's Prius, Air Sports One, right? Uh, a microphone. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Matt McCoy. Sure. <laughs> 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 he would be like the Monopoly man in the middle. No, that would be Lee. Lee would be right. our Monopoly man. Uh, I don't know what kind Instead of. Said it. Go to jail. It's you're off air. So we'd have to get on the air free card? Yeah. <laughs> it could be a picture of Tim Camp. Uh -huh. Oh, the ideas. We always come up with the great ideas at the end of the show. WNSPopoly. Uh, Lee, what's shaking uh, tomorrow? I'll be here. 
Okay. That's about it right now. No, we'll talk to uh, Chris Stewart. Also, the Major League Baseball trading deadline at 5, so Dan Jennings. And we've got some other irons in the fire. Instead of railroads, it could be like Airport Boulevard, Cottage Hill, Schillinger, Highway 98. And if you collect four, doubles the rent. I like it. Spring Hill area could be Greens. Now, but is it Mobile or is it WNSP? I don't know if we can come over. Well, we'll talk about it tomorrow. How about that? Until then, for all the folks here at WNSPopoly, see ya!